to Friday night's Fool's Rush In and uh, another uh, n uneventful week at Swindon Town uh, for us to discuss but from winning at Bradford to advisory board notes, uh, pre-match comments blowing up and, uh, and much more besides. Uh, evening Christian, who I can see, I hope you enjoyed your... Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time on the pitch at halftime. Uh, we did get sent a few pictures, which I tweeted to you. Uh, I can see their fingertip away from loving it. Thank you for the pics. No problem at all. Evening to Sean, who's joined on the chat on Facebook as well. Mish is here. Hello, you lovely lot fools. I uh, hope you're well, Mish. Uh, so, yes, lots to talk about and a uh, fantastic panel uh, to discuss it with. And, of course, we welcome your contributions in the live chat, as I've posted. Uh, we've got YouTube, Facebook will appear on the live chat. We can also accept in tweets, DMs, etc. through the night, of course. It looks like Jack is there uh, messaging in from Ben's account as well. Evening to Rob, uh, joining in the YouTube chat, as opposed to twi uh, Twitter tonight. Uh, hello to you as well. Um, and, as I say, we welcome your contributions, not just in the chat, but we have got an intro question for all tonight's panellists. And this isn't one of mine. This isn't something I've stolen from somebody like Shah. We were actually sent this earlier this week. So this is your first chance to get involved. And, uh, and I will be asking all the panellists their thoughts. And it's simply this. Uh, this is courtesy of Jilly Bean 2022 asking, what is the correct rightness of a banana? You have got levels 1 through 15. Uh, to choose from, uh, panellists, as, as I introduce you. So I hope you're taking it on board. We will continue to show the picture periodically. But let's say hello to tonight's team first. Starting with uh, twice in a week, you lucky lot. Good evening, Waza. Yeah, twice in a week. I don't know. We, we get a win and we all want to be back involved. It's amazing, <laughs> that, isn't it? Where are you on the cold, dark nights on a Tuesday when we're losing, oh, is the question. <laughs> that's what you could call me. <laughs> so, all good, mate. Good to be back on a Friday night. I love it. Yeah, love having you on. Uh, so let's let's get, uh, before we go through the pleasantries and stuff, let's get serious stuff out of the way. Uh, I'm going level six through seven for a banana. What about you? I was bang on going to say six, mate. Six, yeah. Good yeah. lad. Like it. Uh, how's your week been? You were in hospitality on Tuesday. Give us a, a little feel for what it was like in hospitality. Yeah, I got lucky on Tuesday. Went and had a day. We had a uh, one of the lads through work um, who I know is a Bradford fan. He come down and we went in uh, hospitality. We were sat in with the Bradford directors and uh, had a good bit of fun in there and a good laugh. Uh, they were a good bunch of people. And then when we scored, I was just all over it. I absolutely loved it. The, probably the six or seven factors helped at the time. I was, uh, yeah, proper merry. <laughs> proper merry. That's what we like to hear. Um, let's say hello next uh, to, uh, well, back, we, we showed so many pictures of him in the last episode. He wasn't even here. Hello, Nick. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Fifi. You're well. Good. Uh, we're getting comments in on the banana gate. So let me just bring the picture back up for you, sir, before we ask. And uh, I can see here that, uh, what have we got? Joe is saying uh, level nine. 
Uh, Cozzy saying nine as well. Ben saying get in the bin. Uh, or sorry, Jack saying get in the bin. Uh, Sean saying level 10. Uh, we've got the Duffers in, are in. Good evening. Uh, whether it's one or both saying level seven. Mish saying seven, eight. Um, Chloe saying anything nine to 12. What about you, Nick? No, it's got to be a seven for me. Seven for you? Seven's yeah. very, very popular. Um, how's your week been? You were at the game Tuesday as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was in the peasant seats, not like was. Who's in oh, the? We know where he'll be on a wet Tuesday. He'll be in hospitality. Oh, was a course. season ticket in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I'm good. I'm always good after um, two games, no goals conceded, four points, and one of the three games I really wanted to win this season, and that started with Bradford. So, well, happy. Uh, more feedback coming in. Barry saying that he's like me, saying six seven, but selling them at work a free last longer. Uh, Stephen saying seven, um, and uh, Joe, Joe pointing out that her and Cosy are banana chums. Well, indeed, it's the start of a budding young friendship. Uh, let's bring on uh, FNJ himself to ask him his banana preference. Good evening, Joe. How's it going, boys? Very well, thank you. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, all good. Good week. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, better than I suppose the football's picked up a little bit because it's not totally depressing. We're two unbeaten, Joe. Two unbeaten. <laughs> two clean sheets, mate. Oh, it's incredible stuff. <laughs> HMS piss the league next year, isn't it? Yeah, all aboard it. <laughs> don't, bother uh, with, don't bother with the pictures. Bananas can go in the fucking bin. Uh, your bananas in the bin as well, are you? Disgusting things. Um, I can see Jillybean2022 uh, has now tweeted in uh, with, with the hands up emoji. Uh, thank you very much again. Every time people send us, whether it's uh, intro questions like this, if it's ideas for quizzes and stuff, we really, really do appreciate it. Um, so uh, it, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to do so. Um, <coughs> what else have we got? Uh, Cosy saying sometimes a four is quite nice. Not quite right, but nice texture. Um, I had a I had a red banana off a tree in Sri Lanka once. That was lovely and sweet. Um, let's uh, let's see if uh, our next fool is uh, in the bin or a rating superstar. Evening, Woody. Evening. I am a huge banana fan. I love bananas. Um, the. Do you want me to I bring think... the picture back up for you? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm a anything really between six and a nine. Um, of course you however, are. <laughs> however, if you're making banana bread, 12, 13 and 14 are perfect. Uh, do you know what? Someone else tweeted that the other day, saying if you're making banana bread, you want to go to that level. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> and, uh, and our final panellist, at least for now, he still likes his nickname, even though factually it's far from accurate anymore. Even Gary. Even Jeds. All right. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Go on then, let's do the banana. Let's do it. Oh, do you want the picture back up? Yeah, go on then, remind me. Go on then. What's your uh, banana preference? 8.1. 8. <laughs> 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 Be saving that one up, hadn't they? Yeah, glad <laughs> that yet. one. Uh, does it count as one of your five a day? Uh, I'm presuming that means banana bread as opposed to a banana. Yeah, I'd say so. Anything with the word in it surely counts. Apple pie is one of your five a day. Carrot cake. Yeah. Carrot cake is definitely one of your five a day. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if ever anyone of uh, any seniority in the health organisations watched our introductions, they'd be like, you are not doing your bit to help your country, lads. Oh, dear. Um, it's a bit Sean... like strawberry stra 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 milkshake is one of your five a day as well. Oh, 100% and banana milkshake. <laughs> Interestingly, I will drink banana milkshake, just can't eat bananas. Oh. <laughs> what banana number was... Wrong. What number was Banana Man, is the question. Well, for those old enough to remember Banana Man, I'm not going to be able to get a picture up quick enough to uh, to, show, to bring it on screen for anyone not. Uh, but Woody is deep in thought, so I'm sure he'll be back with us. I just remember it was Eric, wasn't it? But yeah. I can't remember the number. The, number nine, wasn't it? Is it number nine? Number nine. Oh, hang on. I'll do it on the other screen while we talk. Uh, <laughs> I've just got bananas in pyjamas in my head. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming down the stairs in pairs. Uh, Sean's trying to keep it on topic. We'll come back to uh, this comment in just a moment. I think that's gone a tad unnoticed. Two consecutive clean sheets against promotion chasing sides. Mm, well, yeah, it's a very, very good point. Um, I can't see a number on him. I assumed it would be on his outfit, but it's not. Just, just to comment oh, on you know Sean, I don't, I don't think Barrow were actually a promotion chasing side. They're the most defensive side I've seen who had something to play for. They played for a draw. They got a draw. <laughs> well, they did well then. Joe's so saying he wasn't yellow. <laughs> yeah. So I see what I'm blue? thinking of is what what number he he lived at. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, thinking of there you go, Barry. Playing eighty six acacia way. That's um, yeah, that's what I was trying to work out. I didn't actually think what number banana he is. <laughs> oh, okay. We're uh, on the same route. We're on the same uh, route. Sean's Wi-Fi's decided to play silly buggers. He's got a case of uh, well, we're not calling it Woody's anymore, we'll call it Waz's Wi-Fi. Yeah, it is me. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh Mike Dixon's in. Evening, Mike. Evening, all trawling through old. Mike has been trawling through old episodes. I'm not going to guarantee, but there may be a quiz on some old STFC fan chat episodes because Mike has been sending me. Do you remember saying this? Do you remember such and such claiming this? I'm like, nope, yeah. not at all. No, he said the same to me. He sent me a message the other day as well, saying that I didn't know who oh, who somebody was, and I was like, I'm sure I did. Oh, it was um, the goalkeeper we had on loan from Bournemouth. And apparently I said that was Travis. it. And apparently I said in a I said in an episode I had no idea who he was, so I started googling him <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> oh, we're we're nothing if not honest. Uh, but some of the stuff he sent me, I'm like, yes, if we could get a quiz out of this, it'd be sensational, just to remind people of what they said at times. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, we like to uh, we like to be opinionated and try and be entertaining, but sometimes we did have talked some shit, apparently. <laughs> uh, speaking of talking shit, shall we get into the, uh, into the serious stuff? Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, town win for the first time in 10 midweek at home to Bradford. Um, where to even begin? Uh, Joe, let me start with you if I can. Uh, you know, <laughs> he looks shocked. You never start with me. Um, deserve three points? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, um, Brad, you know, first half Bradford did have a few chances, but second half I don't think they really did a lot. And I think we, we grew into the game as we went along. We <laughs> rarely, we actually defended pretty well. Um, <laughs> and, and even more rarely, we took the chance that we got to, to 
snatched a point. So, yeah, I mean, it was we did what most teams have done to us, haven't they? They shit out a free point there, but you know, with a with a late goal and how many how many late goals have we conceded and been on the other side of that? So, it was quite nice to uh, to to be on the right side of it. And uh, but no, I think there was definitely positive signs there. I, I wouldn't say I was completely happy with the performance, but there's definitely uh, positive signs going forward. That's what we like to see. Uh, why ever isn't Liam on tonight? Asks Mike. I haven't invited him on. Is why. That's the genuine reason. I'm sure Liam would happily be on uh, to to front it up. But uh, no, I didn't invite him on tonight. So I knew it'd be a busy panel. Uh, so one of the interesting things that's been discussed online and amongst us is different viewpoints can give you a different impression on the game that is for certain so uh nick let me ask you up in the sky where you like to sit uh what did you make of the performance yeah it was um it was decent and i was trying to work out were bradford poor or didn't we allow them to play <clears throat> so it's like that sort of game in and for effort and commitment it's what we've been asking for for weeks we put that in we got away with it in the first half they they had three or four decent chances that they could have scored from. Um, there was a few good blocks, um, you know, people putting that effort in to, to block it, in, certainly in that first half. Um, and then second half, yeah, we grew into the game. I thought we played well. Um, it was a great goal to score, but it was a piss-poor goal to give away. They just, nobody picked him up. He just ran through a great big gap in the defence. I mean, we, We've seen us give away goals like that all season. And from that point of view, it is a really poor goal to give away. But, you know, credit to Johnny Williams. He had a decent game because that's probably the best game he's had for quite a few weeks. So overall, yeah, happy. In, and as as I've said, one of my three I wanted to win towards the end of the season. And uh, yeah, well, great victory. Clean sheet. Can't ask no more. And was her from the comfy seats and the uh, and where the the liquid was flowing in hospitality? Um, yeah, no, I thought uh, I think both the lads before of it the nail on the head. I think we grew in confidence as the game. It was a much better performance because we didn't go behind. I think I feel like if we would have gone behind, our heads would have dropped. The crowd would have maybe got on the back a little bit, and I think we would have really struggled. Um, we did ride our luck in the first half. They had a couple of glorious opportunities to get themselves ahead. Um, but look, credit where credit's due. Like Nick said, they ch I've I've not seen a much committed performance like that for weeks. We haven't people chucking themselves in front of crosses, shots. Um, I thought the back four was brilliant, and that includes Hutton. Um, the balance looked really good in that back four. Two natural left-footed players, two natural right-footed players. It was. It was really, really good and really promising. Um, yeah, uh, I thought midfield, I thought we looked good. Khan had a game that I thought he was decent. I thought he was he was swiveling in and out of pockets of space and he got away from two or three players that tried to press him. And he was the only frustration I had. I just feel he doesn't give the ball quick enough. He gets out of those positions and then doesn't, doesn't move the ball quick enough. And there was a couple of times where he, he had the opportunity to do so. Um, like Nick said, I thought Williams had one of his best games that I've seen him for a long, long time. Yeah, overall, a very good performance. I, you know what I mean? I think we, I just think we got up for the game because it was against Bradford. That's my concern. And we were saying off air that how are we going to be tomorrow? And we'll come on to this later. But 
I just hope that there's still that still passion and drive tomorrow because they need to be getting this consistently now and not just a one-off game. But on the performance, very good. Three points, it was very much needed. And yeah, we see what we do next. Yeah, don't give the plot away too early, Was my, my turn to be public enemy number one is coming. But while okay. everything's rosy, we'll keep it rosy. Uh, Woody, um, if I remember rightly, you were in the town end, weren't you, for the game? Yeah. Um, so yes. let, let's bring this one to you. Uh, question in. Uh, how much credit does the town end need to take putting Andy Cook off? I don't think they really put him off, to be fair. I think he was milking it for a while, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was Tom Brewett uh, putting him off because... Couldn't get out of his pocket, could he? Um, yeah, no. Well, it you know whether they're reacting or not to to fan reaction or whatever. But what really ruined Cook's game for him was that chance he kind of had. I think it was like on the half volley, um, and he just absolutely. I don't know. He spanned it somehow. It just kind yeah, of, shot it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it somehow hit his other foot. But um, I think that ruined his game after that. I think. He had a couple of chances before that, but um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a top scorer in the league, so they well, he is the top scorer in the league, and yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. you would expect him to overcome things like that because he'll get that everywhere he goes. What the town end will give him, he'll get that everywhere he goes. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of the performance, I wasn't too chuffed about the performance, I thought, but it was a good game to watch. I thought personally, I think it was a good game, but. Um, it's no coincidence Waza was in hospitality and on Monday he's asking just for a little bit of passion and desire and I think if I can give Swindon any credit I think that's what they showed to be honest the quality might not have all been there but they definitely worked hard and they got their just just rewards it wasn't the it wasn't the tidiest game in the world Um, I still think there were some weaker performances but I don't really give a shit at the moment (laughs) I just just want us to win games to be fair and I don't care if we if we if we can snatch and grab bloody one nils all season next season as well, like I don't care. Just just to get us out of this pissing league, I don't really care how we win it. Um, so yeah, um, but there were I think there were some positive performances. I think um, I thought that was the best game I've seen Hutton Hutton play this season, both defensively and going forward. In my opinion, <laughs> um, Brewer and Clayton were they at the back for Barrow as well? They were, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and so and I and I think I said this in the WhatsApp chat that it makes a difference. Not just they're not they're not necessarily the two the back. That's not sorry. That's not necessarily the back four that I think will help us next season. But consistency is such a big point. Um, you know, you've taken he's he's not changed the defense. Granted, we don't have much choice at the moment, but he's not changed the defense going into the next game. Um, and it's worked. You know, it's um, you know whether they had. I think Bradford had about 16 shots, so we might could say we were a bit leaky and they had too many shots for our liking. But at the end of the day, if you know putting an attacker off a shot is just as important as stopping him from shooting in the first place. Um, so yeah, um, I thought yeah, it was a good game. Johnny Williams deserved his goal. He was my POM probably before he scored, to be honest. So I was quite happy with with him. And I know Nick said it was an awful goal to give away, but. The timing of Johnny's run when he got that sprint on for the, for that mm-hmm. header, you know that was perfect. And to be fair to Hutton, that's a cracking ball in as well. So um, yeah, I was I was ha- I was happy with the result, mediocre with the performance. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an entertaining game in general. Yeah, um, you know it is an entertainment business as much, almost as much as it's a results uh business uh gary you're last up uh how was the view from where you were pleased with the performance because like me you've been 
very much on the critical side of things. So were you slightly more appeased by Tuesday? I'll make a statement now. That was Jody Morris's best performance. <laughs> His team's best performance this season. It's not hard because the rest of mean defeats more often than not. So it's been a pretty crap up to this point. But I think that they were the best performance. They look organised. They look like there was a, a shape. Um, players were playing the right positions. I agree with the, with the rest of the panel. We weren't great in the first half. I think we battled. We, we, we rode our luck a few times. A goal for Bradford would have changed the whole complexity of the game. Didn't come. Um, and we, we shouted a 1 0 win. And great God, it was. There's been many. Um, there's been many individual topics throughout the game that have seemingly polarised Swindon Town fans. And it's almost become something of a, a government sort of battle. Uh, you're, you're absolutely one side or the other. You're not allowed to be anywhere in the middle. So I'm going to throw these out there and, and see what you guys think. And, and I will state my position on them as well. Um, although it's quite obvious my position half the time, because as I always say, I forget to swap Twitter users over and I'm just <laughs> I'm just sending my point out from Fools Rashid as if as if it represents us all. Um so let's start with a tweet I've had in from Jamie just a minute ago. Um I thought Bruett made far too many mistakes in the first half to have had a good game to be honest. Now this is one of the ones that has split us right down the middle I think. I've said uh and I put on record that with the exception of another player that we'll talk about in a little while, he was our second worst player, and and he, it concerned me especially in the first half. He was better in the second half, but factoring the whole thing in, I didn't personally think he had a good game, and uh, and I raved about Clayton because of how much I was worried about Bruett. But a lot of you don't necessarily agree, and and uh, and said he was positive. So, uh, Woody, do you want to come in first? Yeah, I don't. I think. I don't think he had a bad game. I don't think it warrants him saying he had a bad game just because he made mistakes. Because let's not forget, we're fucking League Two for crying out loud. They're gonna, they're gonna make mistakes. Um, I think it's the style and, of the mistakes for me. But at the end of the day, if a player makes a mistake and you've got the right backup there, that mistake yeah. is immediately corrected. Um, so for me, if if anybody, I get it. I get why Bruett gets the criticism. Um, and I get why he got it in the first half because I did think he started shaky. But to be fair for me, I don't give a shit. He's played two games now alongside Clayton and Keen Sheets. That's the only stat I care about. I don't care yeah. how many miss- a striker a, stri- a striker makes a mistake every time he misses a shot. So it's yeah. you know it's you know we're not sat here talking about not yet anyway talking about how many shots strikers miss. So um, yes, I don't think he had a brilliant game, and I don't think he's what we need going into next season. But I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and say he had a bad game because he kept a clean sheet. On that note, was there you, you when I sort of said my position, I, I believe it was you that uh, kind of leapt to his defence. But you also said that moving forward into next season, picking on Woody's point, he would be a, a good squad player to have around. Yeah, I, I think the lad's grown into the position. I thought he's, I thought he's coming. I thought first couple of games he looked really shaky. Um, Look, I, I think we can all look at it through different aspects. I think because the mistakes, if he did make a mistake, didn't lead to an opposition goal, I think you look at it, you you probably don't emphasise it as much. But I thought he was 
I didn't think he was any different to Clayton. I thought he was solid enough at the back. I thought he, you know what I mean? A lot of people have been criticising Andy Cook this week. And like Woody said earlier, he's top goal scorer in this league. And I thought those two nullified his threats pretty well. I thought, yes, they had a couple, he had a couple of chances, but he is going to get a couple of chances. He's a, he's a physical presence. He's a decent striker at this level. And I thought Brewitt and Clayton did just as well as each other. And you know I'm a big fan of Clayton, but I thought Brewitt was just as solid as as Clayton was. I couldn't see any difference in their performance. I thought he looked good on the ball. I thought he moved the ball out well enough. You know, I mean, these mistakes are going to be misplaced passes from defenders, but I accept that from a defender, a misplaced pass. You know what I mean? Like, everyone kills, you know what I mean, defenders for not being these ball players. But I thought defensively, I thought he was sound. Like all the team, he grew into the game as the game went on because we didn't go behind and the confidence started to build. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he was any worse than Clayton. And I thought any criticism, to be fair, was a bit harsh because, yeah, I don't think he's going to be the be-all and end-all next year. I think we'll need to get someone in alongside Clayton with that bit more experience. But I would take him as a squad day player all day long. You know what I mean? I think they're they're bang on. And that, again, feeds into the point we were saying about how everyone can watch the same game and, depending on their own sort of viewpoint of what they're looking for, can see something completely different. Um, out of interest, does anyone on tonight's panel sort of sway more towards my way of thinking, that they were a little bit sort of more concerned and, and not quite as positive about his performance? Or am I out on my own on that one at the, at the moment? Uh, I... I think you know he did all right. The concern I have with him is he's not the biggest, so he is going to get bullied by big strikers and and things. And but yeah, I think yeah, I agree. Like Woody, are probably no more than I will was a coach, but football's all about partnerships, isn't it? And you know, if you do fuck up, then your mate comes to help you out, and that you know that seemed to happen the other night. So that's that's a positive sign. Um, do I think do I think Bro is a defender we want? To be pushing for promotion, no, but I do think he'd be useful to have around the squad and on the bench to come on in games. Um, when we have our old. when we have our almost certain injury crisis again. Well, yeah, exactly. And but you know, I, I'm thinking it's Clayton and one other. Okay, and then perhaps Brewer as a as a backup with with Minton for the start of next season. Okay, uh, Gary, let me start with you on the next one. Then um, a lot of talk. Bizarrely, considering he's not even involved, going into the game was on our old friend uh, Tommy Adeloy. And during the first half, suddenly there were chants including his name. Um, your thoughts about that? Because people have had mixed reaction. Yeah, it's a bit of a straight. He came to the town end during this first half. And I was I'm not really sure why, because obviously, you no, know, we've obviously lauded him a little bit on this podcast a few times and said, you know, Tommy needs a chance. I'm not sure if that's... Uh, oh, Samson just scored again. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't... <laughs> I don't I don't know where, where this came from. Um, I, I'm not sure whether, whether it's just because Jeff got wasn't playing and people didn't fancy him or whether people just want a desperate for Adeloy to get a chance. Because let's be honest, I don't think he's going to now. Um, no. It, I think we've all resigned been... ourselves to that fact. And, and the fact that Austin was on the bench and Adeloy... You know, people are still calling for Adloy rather than even Austin. So it's an odd one, but I don't know. We, I think he's going and that, that will be down. We'll never see him in a shirt again, unfortunately. Because I, I, I still think, 
I'd like to see him get a chance, even just even just two or three games towards the end of the season, just to have a look at him. But I, I fear it won't happen, and I fear players that Joe doesn't like him, so that'll be the end of him. Um, on that particular subject, Nick, I know um, again, obviously, all of you were at the game, so you you wouldn't have done. I don't know whether you would have sort of gone back and heard it after the event. Uh, Marcus Fertoft was on CoComs on Tuesday and, and he was asked about the situation and he said that he'd actually played with Tony before and spoke positively about his character and said that the, the accusations being labelled at him, he, he does not believe to be true um, in, in terms of suggestions he's been missing training and stuff. Obviously, we don't know. Uh, well, at least I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys know, but uh, he he very much came to the defence of Tommy and said that those sorts of suggestions would be untrue. Um, and we obviously saw social media posts as well uh, that seemingly in support of him. Do you think that there is a uh, a potential kind of divide in opinion even within the club about him? Well, like like you say, Fife, it's difficult for us to say. Jody Morris doesn't fancy him. Sim- simple as that. Um, I mean, he come on at Newport, he scored a goal um, in a few minutes. Um, you know, he can't do much more than that. He hasn't, he hasn't played him. He's played Jeff Cott and there's debates whether he'll sign next season. Coming next. Um, if he wanted um, Adeloid to, to stay, he would be playing him. So it looks like he decided he's not going to be with us next season. So what's the point in playing him if he's not in his plans? Um, you know, managers will see players differently. There'll always be a divide of opinion. Uh, and at the end of the day, Jody Morris is the coach. He makes the decision and it looks like that's what he's done. So you you, you, know, you got to respect that at the end of the day. It's down to Morris. No, 100%. Completely agree. Let's talk about the man who's... Uh... Well, it's wrong to say got his place in the squad, but uh, it's certainly the man that's in the team at the moment. Uh, Jeff Cott was another player to divide opinion. Um, I was openly critical of him. I said that uh, I thought we probably, or I, in my opinion, would have and could have had more goals if any of the other striking options were on the pitch. Um, I don't think he was effective in the way I've been told he was effective. I don't believe he caused the centre-backs any, any problems in terms of having an awful first touch. His physicality wasn't there against them and and he clearly didn't have his shooting boots on, in my opinion. Uh, but again, I caveated that with, for this particular game, I can only see what I follow allows me to see and perhaps he was better off camera. Um Waza, let's start with you, because uh, I think you, again, were on the other side of this debate and thought he had quite a good game. Um, yeah, the hard thing with Jeff Cott is that you're judging him as well on other performances, which I totally agree with you haven't been good enough. If you're, if you're, earmark, if you're earmarking it on just Tuesday's game, I didn't think he was... I didn't think he was great, but I didn't think he was as shit as a lot of people were making out. Um I, I thought he did all right against the two centre-halves. They're two, you know what I mean? Critchlow and Stubbs are, are, are tough. I think I think he, he did all right. I think he dropped in. He got away from the centre-halves, linked the play. You know what I mean? He, he didn't do a lot, but he, when you're a striker in that position, you just need to be a foil to bring the other creative players into the game. And I thought he'd done that all right. I thought 
we it showed by the amount of times that Williams got on the ball and you know what I mean and other players got on the ball. He took the attention of the centre halves, you know what I mean, away. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, he, he isn't he isn't the best. And I, I can't see, you know, what I mean, we'll go on to this later, whether he's gonna be here next season, I don't know. But a striker's only as good as the service. And was the service that great? Do you know what I mean? I thought the effort that he had on target in the second half, a lot of people were saying it was going over. And I think we've all had this debate and conversation. I thought it was, it was going save. over. I, I thought it was a cracking save from the keeper. You know what I mean? I, I, I thought it was decent. I thought he, on the swivel, he, he put the shot on target and he made the keeper make a save. Do you know what I mean? So... I don't know. I don't think he deserves the criticism based solely on that performance. I don't think he's been good enough all throughout the season when we've seen him. But I don't think he was as horrendous as what a lot of people have made out. I think he was a decent foil. And I think he'd done all right against those two, you know what I mean, that are good centre-halves at this level. Nick? Yeah, I think I agree with was that he hasn't had the service. Um, we we be told he's a six yard, you know, six yard box player needs a service going in there. If um, if he doesn't get the service, there's not you know not much he can do. Um, what I will say is he put a shift in, and and a lot of time that's all you all you can ask. Um, first half I thought he was poor. He he, he wasn't jumping. He wasn't winning headers. Um, he wasn't really holding it up. So I I, I don't think he had a you know, well, he certainly didn't have a brilliant game, but it, it wasn't as bad as probably was being made out. I think he'll be with us next season. You know, otherwise, why would Jody Morris continue with him and and leave out Adeloy? So, if you know, if he's not going to be here, why why keep playing him? You know, he hasn't scored the goals. So, on that point for a forward, he, you could say he hasn't justified a place. Yeah. Um, I think Jody Morris sees something in him. Now, whether he's just going to be a squad player, but that'll depend on who we get in or who stays, who goes. So, um, he, you know, he could, it could turn it around. He scored a lot of goals, and I think, I think what probably what we're forgetting is he is he twenty two, twenty three, twenty three. I mean, that's still relatively young, even though he's probably got a good number of games under his belt. Um, so, you know, maybe a full preseason. And he could be firing next year. And I say, I think he'll be with us next season. Maybe, maybe Nick's got a point there. Maybe is maybe Morrison is going to play in the last few games now to have a last good look at him before we make a decision. Yeah. Well, it, without jumping ahead, it's clear they're not making any decisions at the moment. So yeah, he might use the last few games to uh, to have a look and make a decision. Uh, Woody, where are you on the Jeff Cott debate? Um. I don't think he had a bad game on Tuesday. I don't think he was particularly impressive. Um, I think he did have opportunities that he didn't take. Um, I think he had a lot more than people think he had. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is, if he's playing as that kind of solo, which he pretty much was, um, he needs to create his own chances. He's not there to pull defenders away. Um, But I think, for me, what I'm struggling with is... Although it seemed at the time when we signed him, it was an, a, a relatively decent signing. I don't think it was that great. We're talking about a guy who's got an average of a goal every three games, which is okay for League Two, but not okay if you're looking for a striker that's going to bang them around. So I wonder if this reputation that us Swindon fans kind of thought we were going to get is kind of hindering our opinion on him. Um, yeah. Because 
I, I just don't think he's good enough, if I'm brutally honest. I think, you know, I don't think he did that anything massively wrong. I, do, I just don't want to sign him. I don't, I, I know he's young, um, but I just think I'd rather, if we're going to sign a young player, we might as well, I'm not saying just this, per, like for this person, but we might as well get somebody who's come out of an academy again. You know, it's kind of because he's that young player that we want to develop. So yeah. um, it's no disrespect because I think, I think, Tuesday was probably one of the hardest stuff seen him work um, for a while, but I'm sorry, you're there. he's there to be a striker, and I don't think he, you know, strikers don't they create their own chances as much as they get they get chances created for them. I think we had twenty. I don't know. We had twenty six crosses on um, Tuesday. Um, really poor completion rate. It was something like seventeen percent completion rate. But the completion is when it lands at a player's foot. So. Uh, or it lands on a player, so player, I just think yeah. that I just think that it's um, yeah. I just don't think he's good enough. I don't I don't want to hate on the guy because I don't think he deserves I don't think he deserves a slating for it. It just makes me laugh that well, well yeah. We, t- we spoke about Adeloy earlier. You know, Adeloy, we might as well forget him. He ain't getting anywhere near the squad. So, um, town him for a start because that just wound me up. Me and the guys around us, we were just like, what the fuck. Like we got Charlie Austin sat on the bench, and we're all you're all chanting Adeloy's name, trying to act like you're some sort of big symphony against Jody Morris type thing. But in some ways, I know I criticised him for calling him out, but fair play to Jody Morris. He said you're not playing well enough, so I'm not putting you in the squad. You know, fair fair play. I, you know, I'm I, I'd actually think that that's a good decision by Jody to say if I don't think you're good enough, you're not getting in the squad. So, uh, but I I fail to see what he sees in Jeff Cott. There must be a future plan, or as I said originally. I still think Jeff got playing is part of his loan deal. I think it's uh, it's to stop us from having financial penalties for not playing him. Quite possibly, I um I commented on the flip side to that, saying that because it, it was called out for um what was the actual words he used about Tommy? It, it was his commitment, and I think I tweeted you got uh, I messaged you guys in our WhatsApp chat at half time saying that if the difference between Adeloy and Jeff Cott is that Jeff Cott's a committed player based on this performance. I'd rather have players who weren't committed um, because I really wasn't sold at all. Um, it's an interesting point that that uh, Joe and Christian have both made. Uh, Gary, let me bring you in on this one. So Austin's 33 years old and uh, he's being rested because he can't play twice in a week. This is a player who's used to Premier League and Championship football, um, 33 I'm slightly biased, of course, but 33 isn't really an age. Um, And I'm sure Charlie Austin is considerably fitter than I am. Um, He could play Saturday, Tuesday, surely. I don't buy it. I I just don't buy it. Not not a player who's who's played ex-Premier League and Championship. He's probably up there with one of our fittest players in the the squad, even at his age. You know, I know he, he was abroad in Australia and that, but he's got to be... Able to, I mean, if you have on the bench and you're playing 45 minutes, I, I don't get this whole he can't play two games. You know, start him and then take him off if need to. I'd rather him play and score two goals and we we go two up and then he brings him off and then brings on someone else to replace him. I, I just yeah. don't get this whole he's not fit enough to play his games. It doesn't make no sense. And uh, Joe, you've been waiting patiently. Let, let's bring you in on the whole Jeff Cott debate and. And uh, whether you want to come into the Austin point or the Adeloy point or just his general performance? Well, the Adeloy point, all these guys singing his name now were all the ones slagging him off six months ago. Yeah. So it's just hypocritical, in my opinion, from the fat from the town end. Mm-hmm. They're all 
I've been I've been at some away games this year, and some of the abuse that Adloy has got has been disgusting, to be honest. And now they're in there singing his name like he's some sort of hero. It's it's a joke, absolute joke. Anyway, um, Jeffcott, what were we told when we signed Jeffcott? He can't play up front on his own. What have we done all season? We played him up front on his own. <laughs> and there lies the problem. I'm afraid he's he is a po- he's a po- Nick's right. He's a poacher. He scores his goals at Plymouth. You look at his goals; they're all from inside the box, but they're all with a target man next to him doing doing the the horrible bits, if you like, the head and the the chasing. Um, and we've seen, in my opinion, with Austin as well, he's struggling on his own up there because his whether you think he's his legs are going or what, he can't run. He can't run. Um, you know, he's he's obviously got a few goals, but you play a ball anywhere within five yards of him, you can't get to it. So we need. I don't know why we keep persisting with this one striker system. There needs to be. We don't have out of uh, Austin, Adeloy, Jeffcott, Wakelin. There's not one striker there that can play on his own. They need to be playing in the pet. Dare this I is, say that Swindon should be going for a less than fashionable four-four-two? This is the, this is the problem, though. When you have a possession-based style, you don't play too up front. Yeah, they want extra midfielders. You, and this is, 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 is you what you want the extra man in the middle of the pitch, yeah. and that is what happens with a possession-based team. Yeah. You will not get two players at the top end of the pitch playing. I totally agree, and Joe's nailed it with that with Jeffcott. We were told that he needs someone around him to do the work, to work off him, and he's a fox in the box and he scores goals. But he hasn't had that opportunity because he's just played up top on his own. Um, and with a possession-based team, you're just not going to get it. You know what I mean? We've got a possession-based manager that wants to keep the ball. He wants to play free in the middle or free at the back because it's all about keeping that stability in the middle of the park and having that extra player in the middle of the park. And that that's what it is. And just a point I just want to make on the... what. Woody said earlier about the Morris situation and Nick mm-hmm. made a great point in our WhatsApp group this week. A lot of people slating Morris this week about calling out a player. He's a manager that doesn't care. He's got no respect for these players and he doesn't need to. They need to earn the respect to him. He is, uh, you know what I mean, a manager that's coming in and is not going to be pally with our players. If you're not doing your job properly, you're going to get ripped. And and that's what I want. You want a leader at the top of this football club or showing a manager that's going to give us... No, if he's not playing well enough, he's not going to get in the team. You know what I mean? And I've got no problem with him calling out. A lot of people the last week have been going, oh, you can't call out a player like that. You know what I mean? No, bugger off. If he isn't doing his job properly, call him out as much as you want. He's the manager at our football club and he's allowed yeah, to... Yeah, but was it? I think the problem the problem is, though, is the fact that he won't call out the players he puts in the starting eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he but, uh, he but let's he be fair. These... He never, he never no, criticizes a player that's in the squad. It's really Man. easy to criticize a player that's not in the squad. No, I, I no, I've got. I said this on on Monday. He, he's killed Kaji a couple of times, and Kaji's been starting for him, and he was one that he brought through the door. He said Kaji wasn't performing a few weeks ago, and he was nowhere near the squad. Missed a couple of games in and out, and wasn't even on the bench. You know, what I mean, I don't think he's one of those managers that is targeting. I think. No disrespect to Morris. He's, oh, he's definitely this. targeting. He's but definitely he's got, targeting. No, but he's got a ped. He's got a pedigree that you know. What I mean, no. He looks at these players and he thinks, you know. What I mean, I've worked with better than you, and he has. Do you know what I mean? So he's allowed to have this attitude where that if he want, if he doesn't think a player's performing or putting the effort in, then yeah, call him out. I I, I don't see what the big issue is with that. I, I I don't buy that he's. I don't buy that he's targeted Adeloy. He's just obviously not seen enough of him to go, 
I, I want you in my squad. And I think he's called out a couple in a few areas that have been like that. So I can't. I, 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 yeah, I, I think Wells makes a good point in that. You know, everybody says, "Oh, managers are bland," and they come out with all the usual rubbish and and, and oh, his, without his. without saying anything. But when he actually says something and he's asked a question and he comes out with you know with what he's thinking and what he believes, then he gets criticised. Yeah. So you know, a, a, a manager can't win, can he? If he if he doesn't say anything, um, he'll get criticised. And then as soon as he does say anything that's slightly controversial, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. You know. And like I, think, I said in their WhatsApp group, I don't care if none of the players like him. He ain't there to be liked. Exactly. Um, it's well said. They they've got to earn his respect. Oh, and, yeah. and and I think just one more point. It's yeah, yeah. someone made the point this week that it looks like bad cop, good cop. Morris is you know he doesn't go on the pitch after the game. Uh, apparently he, he gives the old lino in the fourth official a load of stick in in. Uh, a go during the game, whereas Brand is the opposite. So you know, Brand seems to be the calming voice, and and Morris is the one who gets stuck into them. And you know, that's the sort of partnership that will work. And you know, I'm fully behind Morris, and I think what he's doing, I I ain't got a problem with it at all. Just on the slightly earlier point you made, Nick, I think the only thing that, I mean, I can only speak from my own sort of viewpoint. Um, you say about he's not there to be liked, the players have to earn their respect and stuff. The only thing that worries me slightly is Morris doesn't have enough in the bank to be making it. You know, he's calling players out that he isn't picking when he's on a nine-game non-winning run. You know, if he's saying this when we're winning, then maybe it's valid. But when he's picking players that were failing continually, but he's calling out players that aren't even being able to influence that, that's where it worries me slightly, in my opinion. I'm on the other uh, side of that, though, Fifey. I think if he can't get in the squad when we've lost nine games in a row, when's he going to get in the squad? Yeah. If uh, he can't, so why doesn't yeah, yeah, so yeah, why doesn't he just come out and say he's not in my plans for next season? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could say that. Don't okay. have to. That's don't what I mean. If he's, got, if he's got the ball, if he's got the balls to call out a player, I, I don't want to call it calling out because he was asked the question. But if he's got the balls to say I'm not playing this player because he's committed, and then you know, like you say, he he doesn't seem as nice. He obviously. If he's not going to play him at all, why hasn't he got the balls to say he's not in my plans at all? He he hasn't said that at all, and I don't think it's just at Adeloy, but it's um, yeah. I just think that like I think it's you know yeah we needed we do need managers that are quite happy to think on the line, but I do, I actually agree quite a bit with Fifey's point on the kind of like you've got to kind of earn your arrogance a little bit, and I think you know it's I think he would have been better in that situation just to go. He's not in my plans. He's not yeah. in my plans because I don't. I don't like what I see in training. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, but it, it, it will be something that people will argue about for time and time again. It's. It's just. Um, it just depends on their and and that's the problem because we've not seen Jody really manage. We don't know his management style. We don't know what type of manager he actually is. Uh, we don't know what type of manager Brand is. I said. You know, when he joined, I said the one thing that he is going to have is a winning pedigree because obviously he had that with the Chelsea team. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it, it, it does stem down to a lot of it is the questions the media are asking him. But the questions the media are asking are the, the easy ones to try and get a reaction out of the fan base. Um, but yeah, I 100% agree what Joe said earlier about kind of the player, the team, the people that were singing his name were the people that were criticising him early in the season. You guys, most of us all on here have said, none of us think Adeloy is good enough. 
So I'm not going to criticise Jody Morris for saying I don't think Adeloy's Adeloy's good good enough. But um, I just think that you know I think now's a good time for him to start really kind of almost putting his eggs in the basket. But we don't know if that's a problem higher up the ladder, do we? So it's um, no fine. Yeah. Um, was there? Let me while we've got. Morris in the forefront of the discussion. Um, this question uh, doesn't require sight of search. I'm just going to pull the uh, match stats up at the same time uh, while I ask you it. A couple of people um, actually sent me a message during the game, and I noticed it as well. And it's probably me and other Swindon fans putting two and two together and coming out with 29. But, you know, we're here to ask the questions. There was uh, a situation, in, particularly in the first half, I don't think I noticed it as much in the second half, but the game stopped, break in play, all the players, both sides, ran over to the touchline, drinks break, etc. Every single Swindon coach was being spoken to by Swindon players, with the exception of Morris, who was on the other side of the dugout on his own. Um, people were suggesting, and I can understand the point, why are they not talking to the head coach? Uh, do you have a, a problem with that? Do you see an issue with Morris being distanced from the rest of the coaches? No, the message comes from Morris all through him, doesn't it? Surely that, that you, you know, I mean, there's no disrespect. Like, if, if it's coming from Ed Brand, it's going to be the same message as what Morris has given over. And like Nick said earlier, Brand's probably in a better way during the game to give it to him more calmly in a more calm manner. And Morris is probably that bit more fired up character that wants to. You know what I mean? To be that little bit more, yeah. I, I got no issue with that. I, if they're coming over to talk to Gunning, to talk to Mildenall, you know what I mean? Then we were saying two weeks ago that we felt like the Mildenall and Gunning were being a little bit drafted out and being a little bit that it was all on Morris. So, yeah, I've got no problem with the coaching team having, you know what I mean, full yeah. control of that side of it. That's what that's what a coaching team's all about: giving that voice, giving that opinion. And Morris probably values. You know what I mean? He definitely yeah. would value Ed Brand's opinion, you know what I mean, more than anyone because he wanted him in the club so badly um, and waited a long time to get him in the club as well. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, there's no concerns. <clears throat> it's people, we, we're, we're right to discuss it. People can discuss it. But I think sometimes that's just chucking fuel on a fire saying that Morris is not respected by the players because yeah. they don't want to talk to him because they, they don't want this. They don't want this. Morris don't give a shit. He does not care. You know what I mean? It, it, it's his message and it goes through the coaching staff and it will go to the players. So, um, I mean, we had the opposite situation in earlier in the season when Lindsay was here and there were four or five of them barking, barking orders left, right yeah. and centre and, and everybody moaned about that. So, you know... But what we're saying directed... here, Nick, is we've actually got the same situation where all the coaches were out and it, it, Morris was the only one not, not being spoken or not speaking to anyone. Yeah, well, I'd say I agree with was now. I don't, I don't think there's any problem in it. Um, uh, Woody again, um, I suppose it, it's, again, what you can see at the time. And, and I think people probably picked up on it more when you've got a, a respected sort of veteran manager in, in Mark Hughes. And he is sort of delivering his message more, no more than 10 yards away from Morris. Do you understand why people might yes, question yes. that? 3-3, three, three, by the way. There's an Arsenal oh, wow. fan somewhere. Shut up. It's my brother. He's a Leicester fan and he's going mental because Leicester oh, are not bottom of the league now. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> I forgot the question, Fifey. Sorry. Sorry. 
I was just saying, you, you can understand how this sort of thing becomes a discussion point when you see Morris as an isolated figure and then no more than 10 yards away, you've got a, an established experience manager in Mark who's delivering his own message. Yeah, but again, it's that style. It depends on your style, doesn't it? I mean, Morris, the way that I look at that, Morris has said to his coaching staff to say, right, this is where we're going wrong across the field. You address your certain units. Um, you know, Mildy used to do it a hell of a lot for Wellens. People didn't notice. Mildy used to do a lot of the kind of shifting tactical stuff for Wellens. And sometimes it's just that specialism. If Morris says, for example, something's not right going at the back, gunning, go for Gab, go fix it type thing. He says, this isn't right. How are you going to fix it? And, you know, I, I come across it in, in my own coaching world. You know, like I'm I'm the assistant to the manager. But if it's anything attacking, because that's my area, it's normally me talking in possession. It's normally me talking to to the forwards and when we're on uh, when we're on the ball. And then the manager is more defensive minded, so he thinks more about off the ball. So, um, but with Mark Hughes again, it could be just because again, Mark is that experienced um, uh, that that experienced manager, head coach who can deliver that message himself because he's been around for fucking one hundred and fifty five years. Um, he's, he's coached. He's coached. He's coached at the top level, so yeah. it's kind of. I think that sometimes it's that he doesn't need that thinking time because he knows exactly what he wants from the team. Or, you know, it's easier for him to deliver that message. Whereas if Jody's there, going, "Oh, I might have this. I want to look, Gab. We've got a break. We need to talk about this brand. I want you to talk about this." Um, I'm not necessarily against it. I think it's a slightly different situation to what we had before when we had all of them just shouting. And when I was watching in the Arkles that a, a couple of games um, before Lindsay left, they were all shouting fucking contradictory messages. Um, <laughs> so it was. Um, so I think there is a difference. Um, but I, I've got no qualms of it. If that's his style of management, I, I hear him talking throughout the game. Um, but you know, he's got coaches there for a reason. You know, he'll be telling them, "I want to work on this. I want to work on that." It doesn't look and, chaotic, and it gives does it. It doesn't no, look and it gives it, it, like with, when it was under Lindsay. It just looked like they didn't have a clue. But yeah, with yeah. Mor- it looks like there's a there's a you like you say there's a. It doesn't look like chaotic, like a load of different mixed yeah. messages. It looks like they're all singing from the same. Hymn yeah, sheet, and I think they? it gives it gives the players that kind of individual focus as well. Mark Hughes yeah. will just be good at it. He's a different yeah. breed of manager. But with like, if you're separating them out, the players are more likely to pay attention because it's always going to be about them. Um, rather than the, you know, rather than all getting them in together. So um, yeah, I'm not too too worried about it. I think, um, and I, I and I don't think we can be. We we won the game, so yeah, I think, of course. Um, We're just here to discuss all the different elements yeah. of it. Um, speaking of different elements, let's uh, let's talk about post match reaction. And uh, I I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen this, and no one's actually sent it to me. Um, and contradictory, considering what we do and how we promote it, social media can be a uh, can be an absolute fucker at times. Let's be honest. Um, I'm led to believe, Joe, that there was a post from one Swindon Town player, um, sort of mocking the fans for suggesting that they were on the beach. Um, yeah, I guess you can't blame them, really. Um, you know, whether. Players hear things, then they whether they say they do or not, they're going to hear things from the crowd, and they obviously see things on social media and, and things. And you know, you, you can't deny the other night they put a shift in. They did put a shift in, and yep. Um, 
you know, they 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 battled hard for that three points. So they, you know, one or two of them probably did feel like sticking a middle finger up to the fans. And uh, no, absolutely. At, at the end of the day, these aren't robots. These are humans with human emotions, and yeah. they'll have a certain professional pride in the job they do as well. Uh, said plus. That's what people forget. It's, it's go, uh, I'm going back to Adeloy again, but it's the same earlier in the season. You know, that guy was getting abuse left, right and centre, and then everyone mm -hmm. wonders why the guy's got no confidence. Uh, Gary Gary said player has since tweeted today uh, uh, and a slightly more positive message. Let's end the season strong, STFC. Do you think yeah. that's uh, we, we we did a lot of talk last year about how certain players were using social media, a la Mr. McCurdy, and whether he was or wasn't being instructed to do stuff after he, you know, he was being told to do B after he'd already done A. Do you, when you see that sort of thing, does the cynic in you suggest that maybe there's been a little bit of backlash and said players being told to post something a bit more positive? Maybe, and you can read it which, whichever way you want on social media, can't you? Have they been told? Is it cynically just to put something out there, or is it just the players putting out a bit of a message to the fans, say we are still playing? You know, we are still giving it a go strongly. You know, you may think we're not, but we actually are giving it a go still. Uh, I don't know. He's, social media, really, whichever which way you want, they get stick on on by fans all the time. On there, maybe someday just give it back a little bit, but really, I went to it as you want to, really, can't you? Um, before we move on to the next topic, is there anything else about the midweek game specifically anyone would like to uh, anyone would like to address? Just on the point of those players, like yeah, they can say they're not on the beach no more because how many of them are trying to put themselves back in the shop window? Yeah. Like yes, was was as good doing a complete character flip reverse yeah, now. Yeah, he's I, becoming I, the city. Like, I can't have it with these players going that they're like, oh, we'll just prove that we're not on the beach, but we're going to put ourselves in the shop window. And you know what I mean? It's like all contracts are coming up. Oh, we finally got to start working hard, lads. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, you just can't trust them sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyone else? Okay, let's uh, let's move on. So everyone was on a high, and as per the title of this episode, we were turning a corner, uh, and then the advisory board notes came out. And if you haven't seen these, the the, the first thing I will say um, is the new design that they've done make them a lot more um, accessible in terms of you don't actually mind reading them. You know, it's it's a lot more presentable. <coughs> It's a, it, there's a lot more ease to reading them. And as I've put along the ticker, there is, you could go through each slide and there is loads to discuss on these advisory board meetings. So I've, I've picked out just a couple of highlights. Um, Gary, let me start with you if I can. Um, and uh, one of the things that interested me was this slide, uh, the targets for the year ahead. Now this got posted in our WhatsApp group um, as well. Uh, I believe by you, wasn't it? I think it was me, yeah. Um, so there are four, seven, ten, twelve targets there for the year ahead. How many do you I think are realistically going to happen? I did ask how many we would actually tick off this season or next to season. To put it in perspective, I said four. Put them back up again. Let's have another look. Uh, absolutely. There you go, uh, sir. There's the... So it's for, for, everyone who's, uh, for everyone who's listening back to the audio version, yeah. the 12 targets Sorry. for the year ahead, promotion to League One, entertaining football, clear all legacy debts, cup runs in all competitions, 
which again, I cannot stress enough how fucked off I was by this year's abject performances in the Cups. Break-even running costs, stadium plans, environmental improvements, investments in the women's team, uh, new fan zone offering, improve the match day experience, closer ties with supporters, and develop the youth pathway. Go on, Gary. How many of the 12? Uh, I can say maybe four or five. Four or five? With, certainly, certainly the youth part of it. We'll certainly try to bring the youth players through, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we're already investing in the, or uh, already seem, seem to be investing in the women's football. Woody, how many of the 12 do you think uh, are realistic uh, in the next again. 12 months? Let me say it again. Uh, no problem. There you go, sir. Um, we'll fill the silence for you while you have a quick reread. All but, I think, all but promotion to League One. All parts. Um, so you're going for eleven out of twelve. The only reason being is because most of that's open to interpretation. They currently think we currently play in entertaining football, so it's um, <laughs> I think it's it's open to interpretation. Entertaining football. This is entertaining football, by the way. Um, <laughs> the game that we're all trying not to look obvious that we're turning <laughs> away we're to all, look. Okay, we're not trying to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's open to investment into the women's football. You pay five pound into the women's game, and then that's that's investment. Uh, developing the youth, you call one youth player up, that's developing the youth. So the cynic in me says it's quite an easy slide to put together, really. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just because I work in the corporate world and I know what I would do in that situation. But it's all open to interpretation. I think all will happen. But in order for the promoter to convince me promotion to League One, other stuff has to happen first. We could all stop uh, adjusting our neck positions now. It's finished. It's free free. Arsenal have drawn for the third game in a row uh, and they are actively trying to bottle this title charge as best as they possibly can. Um, Sean is saying three out of the 12 will be achieved, Joe? Yeah, I sort of agree with Woody there. Um, I think a lot of it is a bit, a bit flaky. interpretation. Yeah, a bit flaky. And, I th and I'm sure we saw a slide like that this time last season that said we were going <laughs> to get that said we were going to get promoted to League One this year. So, um, yeah, at the moment, promotion to League One is miles away. Miles away. Um, the others. Miles or country miles? Well, probably country miles, yeah. West country miles away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the others probably are achievable, you know. They, they probably are achievable. But I, the, the big one, the main one that people are going to worry about is promotion to League One. And I mm -hmm. just can't see it. But under, with the current model, I just can't see it. Uh, Nick? 12 targets to be achieved in 12 months. How many do you think is realistically going to happen? <clears throat> I agree with Woody and Joe. You, you can do minimal to move every one of those forward, apart from promotion to League One. That's the big one. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently we've learned our lessons from this season. So that's going to be achievable because we're going to change the strategy and we're going to bring in experienced players and have a better balanced side. So all those 12 should be a tick in the box. To what degree they are is, is the difference. There's no, um, there's no, well, we need to see the meat around it. What does that mean? Invest in the women's team. Like, like Woody said, chuck a tenner in there and you invested. Yeah. Um, put some serious money in, then it's a different story. And, you know, uh, fan zone, you know, you could do minimum on that um, or you could 
you know, spend a lot of money and, and have it really tip top. So it depends what degree, how you're going to measure it. Unless you've put a measure in there, it, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, Sean, I think, Nick, I think go on. Uh, I was just saying, I think Nick makes makes kind of the valid point there. I think if if we hadn't gone through what feels like a really torrid season from the kind of the delivery of the club, not just on the pitch, I don't think we'd be this cynical about the slide. It almost feels like we don't we we almost don't want to believe the slide because it feels like lip service in some ways. Yeah. Um, that's you know, and I think you know the club will need to that's what they've got to improve they've got to improve fan confidence and mm -hmm. if they improve fan confidence all of that will happen to the fans interpretation not just the club's interpretation so sean there saying uh can't see promotion with so many turning their backs on the club unfortunately uh knight and king entertaining football would be good hank evening uh, i saw you just join the chat as well uh, not sure many targets will be hit cup runs and promotion will only be hit if we get a decent squad was it arch makes a a very good point here on this topic in fairness it's more about the three or four they do achieve if they achieve the right three or four the rest take care of itself yeah, I, I totally agree with that point. I, I, I think you can narrow it down to the first one. If we get promotion to League One, I think a lot of fans will be happy. <laughs> Everyone will be happy. Um, I think this is just their way of covering up a, another this bad season of going. Look, this is what we have been doing off the seed, off the uh, you know, what I mean, behind the scenes. This is what we're trying to work towards. I don't think no one can moan with a lot of the financial side of the football club that, that Clem has done a lot of good things off the pitch with regards to that. You know what I mean? A lot of debts have been cleared that, you know what I mean? A lot of, of what we know, you know what I mean? And stuff. So that's definitely good that our football club is being run better than what it was and not being run with loads of debts and hidden skeletons in the closet and everything like that. But that you can put that slide up again and it is that number one, one is the one. You get. We want to get promoted to League One, and it, that is it. I, I, I'm not even. I've got to a point now where I love entertaining football, but I'm not really bothered to get out of this league. You have to. You have to battle. You have to be hardened. You do. You get the prettiest football inside doesn't always win in this league, um, mm -hmm. and it is. It is literally down to that number one. We need to get promotion. And like, the, like the rest of the lads have said. The rest of the stuff will take care of itself. Better atmosphere, better fan experience. If we're winning games, it's going to be a better fan experience. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those. But, yeah, the number one is get out of the league. The thing well, is... Oh, go on, go. The thing is... Sorry. Um, the thing is, what the club have done now, by, by producing this and putting this out on socials and everyone's reading it, they've pretty much set themselves to form. Because yeah. everyone... So they don't they, do this now. These things, people will go... Well, you said this year we were achieving promotion. You haven't. So in a, in in the long term, they can alienate the fans even more. Yeah, no, that's that's fair as well. Um, I have got a Friday night treat for you guys and for everyone watching along, as we have got not one but two more fools looking to join the panel at uh, at this late stage. Let's uh, first say. Hello to fan favourite Ben. Evening, Ben. Finished work and now you're with us. Yeah, I'm all done. I've, I've not been called a treat for a long time. I don't think even Sarah calls me a treat anymore. I wasn't talking about you, was he? It's all about Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must, must be on about the other guests about to come on. He must be. But yeah, you're all going well. Great show so far, fellas. 
In fact, you've clearly been keeping, uh, Jack's been keeping tabs of it for you, hasn't Jack's he? Jack's been telling me all about the show whilst I've been at work, so it's been, it's been good. And uh, delighted to say hello and welcome back again to Ned. How are you, sir? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. Thank you, guys. Um, good. I'd say I, I've listened to some of the show. Um, and by the way, six to nine on the bananas. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I agree with everything that's been said. You know, um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, w- with that last topic, I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is down to interpretation. You know, it, it's not invest more, it's just invest in. So that could be, yeah. here you go, there's a tenner, gone by yourself of new football, um, wow. the women's football. I mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows what any of it means apart from promotion? That's set in stone. Let's just flip and get that done. I would, I would highly, I would highly, highly recommend if you haven't done, you uh, you do go back and you read the advisory board notes. Uh, Ben, you mentioned a fan forum there, I believe they have said that sticking that up and just saying, like, these are our targets this season, this is what we want to achieve. You know, they they have make a little bit of a rough throwing back, so I agree with Gary a little bit because they'll be held accountable now. If they play the second string in the League Cup, they'll go, well, clearly it was box, wasn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was a bit of an odd thing to do, a bit, a bit naive, I think, but it doesn't need that. It needs a forum with the fans at the end of the season with the supporters club, as they did earlier this season, with Clem there, uh, with uh, with Sandro, um, with Rob, all sat there and just saying, right, OK, answered all the questions with you know and for them to apologize and explain how they're going to address the season how they're going to get us up um that's what it needs um yeah it needs them talking to us uh live and proper questions from fans live not on a radio show or anything just stand up these your question that's what it needs well i do believe and i'm just trying to load the uh, story up again while you're talking there ben uh, so what i do um, just to just to clarify that point, why don't you just give us a, a quick summary of uh, your enjoyment of the game on Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, um, well, I went again with an extremely low bar. I thought we'd get absolutely thrashed. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't expecting much at all. Um, I think we started off pretty well, but then Bradford sort of got into their game and um, dominated the last half of the battle, really, without really... <coughs> I, th- I thought we dug in and survived okay, and we had moments where we looked threatening in others. I think second half, they didn't show up, and I think you, you saw Sweden slowly gain some confidence and momentum, and they started doing things they were doing earlier in the season that they weren't doing over the last two, three months. Um, it still wasn't brilliant. It still wasn't perfect. It still wasn't free-flowing, but it was conjoined and there was some momentum and you can sense it and the goal was coming it was coming it was a it was a wonderfully worked goal i, I agree it's probably a poor goal to see with um as jack toby what nick said um but um yeah I, I think the goal itself was a cracker um hats off to um williams for his 10th and also hutton for a right back and 10 assists that would do him some good as well and they have only dug in in the end. I was pleased for Brewett's second half because I thought he was dodgy first half. But the second half, I, he really came on. And there was a few moments where he he, he 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 dominated and he had Cook in his pocket. So I'm pleased. I hope we need, we must follow this up with a win because even though everyone says it doesn't matter, 
it really for us and our sanity and for us prospects next season it really does need we 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 can't afford to faff about we need to just finish on a high that we could finish ninth at the end of the season um if we do if we do really really well and i think that should be a target if we can just finish in single figures then at least that gives us a platform to build on for next season uh, I've managed to load it up now. So I've got the advisory board notes in front of me again. And one of the questions is, uh, is there a fans forum to be arranged? Was this supposed to be after the January transfer window? And the answer to that is, yes, we do plan to arrange a fans forum at the end of the season with Clem attending virtually. We understand that it's important to engage with our supporters and address any concerns <coughs> or questions they may have. We apologise for any delays and we'll provide further details as soon as possible. So, yes, there good. will be, but we good. still don't know when. Good. Well, it's good, but it, they need to do it fairly soon because I think uh, season tickets are on it. Uh, I'll also say as well, income is huge for this club. If it's going to be self-sustaining, um, the only way it's going to be able to put money in is, if it is through income. Um, so they, they've got a lot of work to do to win some fans back because the fans are every right to withheld their money if they think they can be served up a load of shit again. But the club are desperate because Clem said this club's going to be self-sustaining. He's not going to pay for a promotion push, um, so it needs to come from somewhere. So it needs. Uh, to, so it's it's one of them, isn't it? But you mean it's Barrow on tour who are joining us uh, this evening, um, Ned? You've joined at the the right time. You made a point of agreeing with what the guy said, um, and uh, but quite rightly, there is some. Still some scepticism and stuff of it. So maybe the second graphic will appease the panel a little bit more. I will bring that up now. And it is the roadmap to achieving uh, everything we're going to do. And it lays out the plans between April 2023, goes into the year 2024, and even 2025 outlining uh, what the plan is, I, I appreciate on your screen it's not going to be the most clear. Um, but again, this is available on the advisory board notes if you would like to see the roadmap of how to get there. Similarly to announcing the targets, though, Ned, do you think having a roadmap of we're going to achieve this by by this point is a dangerous game to play? <laughs> well, what I will say is it's very, very Rob Angus, isn't it? It's very nationwide. I can see that exact slide popping up, you know, in a in a... <laughs> 10 minute meeting in uh at nationwide for sure um I, I, uh, when you you know um when you say that you're uh open and honest if you don't bring up roadmaps then <laughs> you're not being open and honest and and clear are you so it's definitely a good thing but you know as it's been said before you're definitely making a rod for your own back so <laughs> I guess it's like a bit of a catch-22 situation for them because they put themselves in that position now. Um, but I, I mean, for me, I think I think it's a good thing. If it's certainly, um, you know, to cover all the non-footballing things. I mean, if you don't have a roadmap, then you've got literally no idea what's going on behind the scenes because, you know, it's, it's not something that you hear about on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, but um, I, I mean, I think it's good in that respect. But you know. Um, <laughs> missing from that roadmap from what I just very quickly saw was uh uh you know not talking about contract renewals and and bringing in <laughs> players early that's what I want to see on the roadmap I want to see us you know have a squad ready by you know start to you know halfway start through July pre-season yeah yeah exactly Ooh. so 
you know, this is, I mean, it, I, 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 I know that obviously we're in a really shitty situation at the moment because everything seems to be going wrong and, you know, um, everyone's paranoia about everything has, uh, has risen up over the season due to everything that's going on. Mm. Um, but, but I think we're in a position now, We this is probably the most settled that we've been at the start of a season for maybe three or four seasons. Yeah. So I think, it's a, you know, it's a really good chance this season coming, um, not this season, this season's been mm-hmm. shit. Uh, but, um, you know, this season coming, you know, to have a proper, you know, proper, proper pre-season, um, you know, I just, I just need, I just need to see m- m- the majority of the players through the door very, very quickly so we can really, you know, get the uh, philosophy and the players gelling. I, I know that's, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Woody's not, not a keen fan of players gelling the phrase, but um, it's just with this season, you can, you, it's it's quite obvious, you know, and certainly from the conversations that some of us had at the, the sponsors night, that you, you, you just haven't got the characters in the changing room at the moment, and that there isn't that sort of the camaraderie of, you know, a group that's been together for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, lack of characters. So I think if we can just get them together as quickly as possible, create those relationships between the players and then the rest will just fall into place before the season starts. So I think this season we're in a great position as long as we can get everyone through the door nice and quickly. That's my opinion. Ben? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Ben. Yes. Thanks for your contribution. I'm just echoing really what what um what 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 Ned said really is that we we do need to get stuff done early this season. Again, that's going to involve season ticket sales. If the if the club are actively trying to persuade pursue promotion, and you saw it with a lot of clubs in the summer, like Stevenage were really really busy, really really early. We need like a little marquee one. We need one that makes the fans excited about next season because my first season signing is some Aston Villa. Um, under 19 player who's been on the bench in a league cup cup first round game and you know some non-league fella. no disrespect to any f- no future disrespect no. Aston Villa players who end up playing for Swindon Town of course yeah no disrespect at all and they're probably absolutely quality but that's really not the fans what they're going to be Louis want at the minute so yeah um I think the most important thing is promotion really and we're all desperate for it. We'll need it. We crave it. Uh, I think Clem knows that. So let's just get your finger out and do it. Um, yeah. The, and- the, cynic, the cynic in me, though, with these quick, sharp bullet point diagrams and stuff, clear, clearly people can read quickly and fast, is let's read that and buy a season ticket because it looks really good for next season. Yeah. I don't think fans, are, after years of shit, are going to overly full going up. It's brilliant now. Despite our shit season, looked at that. It's getting we're going up. Um I think um I I, I, I don't know what you mean Ben HMS Pistol League. We announced it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I must <laughs> I, I did actually work. Um yeah so uh, I just well I hope I hope that is the general what they want to do. Um and I, I believe it is. I, I believe that is their plan. I just I hope it comes off. God, I hope it comes off the way they want and, it to. And it's it's a very important point, which I I think it's good that we clarify now because I can see the way the conversation might go in a in the next topic's time. We we will always debate amongst ourselves any Swindon Town related topic. Now 
I again, primarily when it comes to Facebook and Twitter, I handle Fools' social media. So I will sarcastically put stuff out there um, by way of getting discussion going. I do not want to actively discourage anybody from renewing or getting season tickets. It is a very important point for the club. Mm. And it is, uh, and as it is being drummed home to us, it is critical for the budget planning that apparently, depending on who you listen to, has or has not been done. Um, but I, I equally would say you, you trust you trust your own judgments. Don't let us discourage you. We will debate the topics, and you can and you will have your own opinions, which is why we love that we've been able to get the live chat feature, so we can understand your perspectives too. Um, we understand people who are saying they don't want to renew because, you know, it has been shit. But equally, we're not going to call fans out who are renewing because, you know, it is the, the bread and butter, it is the lifeblood of the club and it is required. So if our season tickets are still at the, around the 1100 figure, yes, we'll probably all sit here and say, that's not ideal. I'm sure they will continue to rise and it's only right that they do because whether we are being cynical whether we are being sarcastic, whether we are happy clapping, whether we are calling the club out, at the end of the day, everyone on these panels and everyone joining the live chat, watching along to the live streams or listening back on the audio, we all love Swindon Town in our own way. And the important is the future of the club. So, yes, we will, we will carry on debating this stuff, but please do continue to do what you think is right for you and therefore the club. Because Fifey, our, with, our discussion with, is going to go a very weird way in a minute. Fifey, with regard to the season ticket sales to date, mm -hmm. I think the club have shot themselves in the foot to a, de to a degree because the early bird <clears throat> ticket, I think, is about, is it 15 quid or something stupid, the difference between buying yeah. it now and buying it later. So, obviously, people are going to leave it as late as possible because they want to keep money in their pocket. So, you know, why splash out now if you don't have to? And it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg more to renew in June, July when we've done our business and we've mm -hmm. got some players in and people can see where the club are going and, and people can see that, yes, we are going to be in a position for promotion. So it's no surprise to me that we've only sold, you know, 1,100 um, with out of 5,000. The way finances are for people at the moment – I think that's pretty good. So a lot of say a lot of people will wait and keep the money in their pocket, you know, in their bank or save up for however they have to do it. So it's what happens in the next couple of months is a critical thing. And the club need to put some, you know, meat on the bones of all this high level. I don't really want to use the word, but corporate bullshit, because that's what it is. It, it looks nice, but it tells you nothing. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And the uh, club have also got to realise we're we're in a cost of living crisis. People yeah, exactly their finances a bit more. Yeah, exactly. I think Nick, I think Nick hit the nail on the head there. I think the price isn't massive between early bird and, and normal, and especially if you're paying a monthly direct debit anyway. You're going to be talking two or three quid a month. Mm. If you renew, if you renew in six weeks' time, you're going to be paying two or three quid extra a month. So if the club come out the end of May and they say, right, there's your retain list, bang. And there's three sign-ins by the end of May that are ambitious, that look like we're showing a bit of ambition. Yep. Then people will. You'll get another. You'll probably get another thousand, two thousand season tickets straight away. 
but the club have to act fast, not yeah. wait until the middle of July like they did last year. All right, the season before was a little bit different. The circumstances were different, but look, we waited too long last year. Steve, you go in, you look at Stevenage. What did they signed, they're right. They signed a load of thirty-year-old League Two cloggers. It's done the job in League Two. Do the job in League Two. Get rid of them. Bring better footballers in for League One. I just, uh, on that note, and and it is taking a side note, uh, and I know it hasn't officially been announced, but Ned, you must be fucking buzzing that you that you clamoured. For Piagiani nearly 12 months ago, and he's about to be named in team of the year. Wow. Everyone, everyone else took the piss out of that shout, and you <laughs> were like, no, he exactly. would be a fantastic addition. Good call, Ned. Well, there's um there was a few players on my uh on my uh list uh that went straight to Stevenage and did really <laughs> well. So it's like um you, you know, I can if 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 Steve Evans wants to put a check in the post, then you know he's more than welcome. <laughs> On the flip side, though, how's Jerome Sinclair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For every Pier Gianni, there's a Jerome Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If ever we get proper Fools Rushing merch, that's going to be the little tagline on the bottom. For every Pier Gianni, there is a Jerome Sinclair. <laughs> I still want to be a report for every month in summer anyway. Oh, well, I Ned's look forward to the return of the Ned's. Yes, can we change them to, to Ned's spreadsheets instead of the Ned report next oh, year? Oh, Ned's spreadsheets. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just, on, on, just going back to the, the roadmap. The Ned sheet. You know, Ned sheet. You don't want to look at my sheet. Um, you know, if, in order to be a Swindon roadmap, of course, you need to stick in a few roundabouts on that bloody thing, don't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I have to say, though, that roadmap at 2025, they had pushing for tier two, to pushing for the champ men's team competing for promotion to the championship. That is, <laughs> that is a bold claim. In two years' time, be pushing for the championship in this current. I was about, I was about to say, you remember the last person who had a roadmap said we were going to get championship in five yeah. years. Five year plan. <laughs> oh, five year plan. Five years, plan roadmap. Know. They're all the same, regardless of what. To you're be saying. fair, Lee Powell, yeah. us, Lee Powell did bring us a few promotions, but Trevor's got relegated at the same time. Judging <laughs> yeah. me after and, five and, years, and, we certainly <laughs> did. And <laughs> <I'm> bankrupt. <laughs> oh dear me. Um, uh, I, I am writing, by the way, a little note that a uh, five-year plan must be a title of an episode at some point as well, because yeah. it, it sounds good. Um, me and Woody have had our say on this a lot. So, Wazra, I'll come to you on this one. One of the things I did pick out uh, to, to, to discuss, because, again, there are so, so many points on those advisory boards. It's interesting. Uh, they talk about youth tickets, um, and they're saying that 200 and uh, fifth, is it 250 tickets, I think it was, are yeah. given out to every match uh, to you, uh, to you sort of football fans uh, to come and watch, and more media support needed to promote the youth ticketing. Um, it did make me chuckle. More, I, I know we're not officially media, but given that the club won't talk to us, <laughs> and then they put some <laughs> more media. But there we go. It, it's a, it's a good touch. But is is two fifty about right in your opinion? Was it you know two hundred fifty tickets per game? Could, could they be doing more all? even? Look at that empty stand we got at the other end. You know what I mean? It could be so much more. Um, you know what I mean? If, if you're not going to open the, I understand with the bank and I get it. The weather obviously plays its part and whatever. But it, look, if you're going to offer it out, 
they, the kids not... at the end of the wind tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> the kids at the end of the get, wind tunnel. If they're getting in for free, what can they complain about anyway? Yeah, chuck the kids Give in there. Give them some Chuck them in there. Um, <laughs> but they could do so much more, couldn't they? Look, that Stratton Bank's empty. You could have that filled, you know what I mean, if you wanted to with free tickets all the time. If, if What's the cost? You don't need a load of steward in there, do you really? If it's a load of kids, you can't imagine. But it's... I just don't... They could do that a little bit more. Yeah, uh, you do, Walter. It's the kids that cause the trouble. Yeah. Well, apparently so. But um... <laughs> I'm not being funny though. You could even the top corner of the arcles, off, you know, the opposite end to the away end. You could just make that. I don't know what that holds. Probably, I don't know, eight eight hundred seats or something. Yeah, you yeah. could just you could leave that sectioned off. Schools, youth clubs. I did that for the Barrow yeah. game because we were in there because. My little lad went on the pitch at half time. No, I'm not, I can't do that again. The, 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 <laughs> it was just the same chant for about an hour. Forward! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I totally agree. That's what they seem like they do at the moment. They put them in that end of the Arkle stand, and that's where all the, the you see all the youth teams in their kits. And you know, what I mean, it, it is a good touch from the club, but there could be that little bit more. And like you say, when we've got an empty stand sat at the other end doing absolutely nothing, why couldn't we? Yeah. Okay. And this uh, is this is you know they don't they don't even need to like plan massively in advance of this. This is something they could go around to schools with on a Thursday. Yeah. Because they haven't sold tickets that week, they know they're not going to sell out, and they just go sod it, deanery have a hundred tickets, which will stay have a hundred tickets, whatever. And because if they don't use them, they don't use them. If they do mm. use them, that's a burger bought, that's a drink bought, that's you know programs, so whatever, programs yeah. bought. Yeah. Trip into the club shop. Yeah. It, it yeah. all goes, doesn't yeah. it? It's it, and like you say, you could they could pick the games if they wanted to. Yeah, don't pick them on the games where you know there might be a big crowd or something like that. But the games where it just brings a little bit more through the door when you've got those games against the likes of teams that you know are not going to bring a big way following. You know what I mean? You can make it happen. Um, I'd just like to uh, interrupt this episode for a bit of uh, breaking news hitting the uh, hitting the fool's rush in Twitter sphere. Uh, Sandro live. Day. No, it's not Sandro Day. <laughs> but the breaking news is, uh, and I'll read you the official quote: uh, Paddy has been let out of Twitter jail. <laughs> <laughs> As he put at Falls Rushin, oi oi, out on parole, should never have been locked out on of here and for an opinion that millions who know right from wrong would agree with. Mind numbing shenanigans. But Paddy is out of Twitter jail. Uh, there you go. Breaking news. And you've even got your own section on tonight's episode, buddy. I hope you are well. Um, again, we, there is so much that you can uh, dissect from the advisory. And I'm sure what we'll probably do is pick up more points in the coming weeks. And, and we'll, we'll definitely save them ones, particularly with the roadmap and the, and the stuff that they're going to achieve. And I'm sure we will refer back plenty we we'll do, we'll do our own. We'll, we'll do our own monthly review. We'll, we'll get our own graphs on the go. Oh, and they're doing <laughs> target. We'll have, we'll have a little Gantt gan chart on the go with like the target here and how far along we think we are. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Uh, Don't forget the traffic like lights, before. Woody. The traffic yeah, light yeah. system. The rag system. Yeah, the rag system. <laughs> Uh, let's have a, a change of pace uh, for a few moments and uh, let's talk about the women's team. Um, the Swingtown women, they, it's their last home game of the season. They play Cardiff on Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff in Fairford. Uh, again, as I said, last home game of the season. So if you are able to go and show the girls some support, 
they would very much appreciate it. Um, linking the two topics together, Woody, Swindon Town women have a whole section in the advisory board notes as well of different things they're, uh, they're looking to do, as I can load up here. Um, again, I'm not going to ask you to read through it all live on screen, here, but uh, it's it's very interesting reading. Um, yeah, I think... Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, I just think in some ways, you know, I criticise the advisory board in the past, um, but fair play because there was a time when the women's just came under community activities or something. So, mm -hmm. you know, it does, for me, it does show that little bit more investment, if you like, um, that they have separated it out. Um, uh, hopefully that, you know, that, that carries on. Yeah, they, they talk about um, in that section, the integration, foundation park and county ground fixtures, um, facilities at the county ground, the longer term strategy and sponsorship opportunities. So again, if, you, if you've got an interest in Swindon Town women and you want to see what the club are planning for them, it's, uh, it's again worth, worth noting. Um, we are at the, the end of the season. We've kind of spoken um, in recent weeks, Woody. Unfortunately, promotion uh, isn't achievable. Uh, relegation isn't something they need to worry about. So much like the men's team, they're kind of just... The, the women themselves, they're not coasting, but the club are just coasting to the end of the season now. But the women, with a new manager in place, that's kind of playing for their place. That's one of the notes we did see, and, and we heard the new head of women, women's football was on uh, Sir Tom Broadbent the other day talking about it as well. And that one of the step, one of the things in the advisory notes says that the reason they swapped managers at this point was to give uh, was to give the new man in charge a chance to see the players that were there and, and for a few games before he made his decisions. Yeah, I just think what I would expect to see kind of maybe even in May's once Mandy and Mike, so to speak, as, as the new bodies um, have had a chance to settle in, is just to kind of see what their ambitions are for for that. You know, like there's a lot of rumours going around at the moment. Um, you know, obviously I'm closely connected to, to it um, than most people, but I think they know that these rumours will be going around. So I think they need to potentially in the next advisory board start thinking about like what what i know there's an ambition to push for tier three next next year which is fine but there's a crop of players there at the moment that i do think are a little bit in hay higher in terms of what could be happening next season and i don't even mean renewals i'm on about like what teams they're going to have what's going to happen with kind of any youth strategy that's going to come through so i think once mandy and mike because i think that's probably why they brought mike in um you know once they've had a good month maybe it'll be nearly two months by then mm -hmm. that they they do address that and they do say how they how they are going to take the club forward because like i say there are a lot of rumors going around at the moment i try not to magnify them because i think that would be unprofessional for me to do so um but it's um yeah i just that's that's what he needs um same same as a men's club really um to be fair they they, they might as well mirror in terms of just saying what the ambitions are and how they're going to address those ambitions yeah. because in the nicest way, it's easier in men's football because you can chuck money at it. Money isn't just the only issue in uh, in women's football. So it's um, uh, especially when we've got teams within 40 miles radius of us that are playing higher tier football. So, um, yeah, it'll just be good to good to hear what, what they've got. Obviously, Mandy is a different approach. I know her connections within the main club, so it's a different approach. I still want to know what's happened to Tom Hartley, even though I was 
considerably told I was incorrect by the fact that I think he's left the club, but he's it, when the club's not listed on his LinkedIn anymore. Um, so I just it would just be quite interesting to see. And I noticed that Mandy, when she was being interviewed yesterday, uh, sorry, not yesterday, Wednesday. Wednesday, thanked the committee, but didn't mention Tom's name. And when you think that Tom's quite a, was quite a big figure in this integration over to the men's side, I, I'm not saying whether he's gone or or not, or whether it's the right thing. I just think transparency needs to be in the women's setup as well, in my opinion. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, I just Tobacco. think that if I was if I was giving them advice, that's what I would want them to do in in May's advisory or May in somehow at the end of the season, do the same thing and just say to people what we're going to do to move to move Swindon Town women's forward. Um, and I hope they do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, just to kind of reiterate what I said at the start of this feature, I did manage to get out to Fairford once this year and I really enjoyed it. Um, and if you were able to listen in on to the, to the interview on Wednesday, there's a suggestion that all different things are being considered for, for the future mm. of where Swindon Town women play. So it might not be that Fairford is a, is a permanent option in the, in the short term. So if you haven't been out there, please do go out on Sunday if you're able to uh, to support the women because it's well worth a trip out there. One hundred percent. And and spikes, yes, is is spikes. everything that I was told it was and more. Um, but of course, our, our coverage of, of Sweden Town women will continue. Their season's due to end uh, obviously uh, week uh, next week with their final fixture um, away from home. But uh, we will continue to be promoting Sweden Town women and women's football in the area. Uh, even when the season's finished, we're still in talks with uh, Alice. Hopefully, we'll be able to get her special show where she's hosting it. And uh, and we'll be looking, as we'll come on to in a little bit, uh, at some different content during the close season. Let's... We've also got a cup, cup final for the 18s as well. We have got the cup final and we've already spoken, uh, well, not spoken to Grace, we've spoken to Grace's mum and she will be appearing uh, on Falls ahead of time to help us talk about that as well. That is all to come in coming weeks on Falls Rush In. Uh, we are just over 90 minutes into this episode and we can finally talk about tomorrow's game. Um, thoughts ahead of it um, and crucially, uh, let's examine some of the quotes that have come out of the pre-match press conference. Uh, on the game itself, though, um, Nick, I'll start with you. You're making your way to Wimbledon tomorrow. What are you expecting from the game and from Swindon Town? I expect it to be us played similar to how we did Tuesday. I don't think there'll be a great difference in the side that starts. Um, I expect us to win. Um, so I'm expecting a good day out. Nice to go to a new ground, see what they've done there. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside is we'll probably be standing <coughs> from Didcot to Paddington because the trains are always bloody rammed, um, which is probably thankful my son has decided he's not feeling well, well enough to go because it saved me getting earache for that journey because <laughs> he would have been moaning like hell. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I say that's, you know, one of my three target wins. So, yeah, I'm fully expecting us to have a good day um, going up with Joe, Georgia, Kieran. So, uh, yeah, be a good day out. Oh, Rich. Um, Jojo said she'll meet up with us. So, yeah, be a good day out. Uh, Joe, as Nick said, you're, you're making the trip as well. What are, you, uh, what are you expecting from the game? 
Yeah, I'm only going because it's new ground, to be honest. Um, Not enthused by the two-game unbeaten run? No, I mean, obviously, that's a bit of a bonus. My, my tickets were bought long before that, so... <laughs> um, no, yeah, things are a little bit more positive on the pitch, but, you know, it's just a day out, and it's a day out with your friends and a couple of drinks or whatever and have a nice day out, but hopefully... I'd like to think Wimbledon, Wimbledon, the bottom of the form table. So you'd like to think we got a chance of uh, picking something cup there. Uh, <laughs> typical Swindon, we beat the informed teams and we lose to the shit one. So let's let's just remember that going into Tuesday, Bradford hadn't lost away and we hadn't won in nine. Wimbledon, yeah, exactly. Exactly. we're now two games unbeaten and Wimbledon haven't won in sixteen or something stupid. And, uh, so... Wimbledon got a couple of players to be wary of, haven't they? Ex Swindon players, so uh, Josh Davison and and DJ. So I don't know what their fitness state. Status is whether they're playing or not, but there's two guaranteed goals for them probably. So we're probably going to have to score three to win. Um, I do have to say, just as it gets posted on social media, if you, if you do see any of the uh, any of the Fools guys on tour in Wimbledon, then uh, I always do enjoy uh, when people send me pictures of them, especially when they're not necessarily expecting it. It's always good fun. And uh, a big thank you to Joe, who uh, messaged me and has now tweeted out a picture um, of all of us on their very on their very big flat screen TV, um, it's nice to know that I'm just as haunting on someone else's TV as I appear on my laptop. Um, Waza, are you expecting to see Charlie Austin and his blue hair start tomorrow? Well, yeah, because he hasn't played a game this week, so it'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you'd like to think he should come straight back in, all being well. Um, but Jeff yeah. played so well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, he's got to come back in, hasn't he? He's um, he's proven what he can do. If the service is there, he can score goals. Um, yeah, he will come back in tomorrow. I, it'll be minimal changes. I could probably see that being one. If McEachern's fit, he'll come back in for Kaji. Um, I think the back four, as long as they're all fit, will stay the same. I think there was a slight doubt on Blake Tracy, but hopefully he'll come through that. Um, I really don't know what to expect tomorrow. Um, I think tomorrow has shown more character about where the players are at than what Tuesday did, mm -hmm. because I think Tuesday was a very easy game to get up for. You're playing an informed team that are near the top end of the league. Whereas tomorrow, you know what I mean? We're playing, like Joe said, a team that are probably a bit out of form uh, below us in the table, which you wouldn't believe of all the negativity going on that there would be anyone below us at the moment. You know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> um, but look, I don't really know what to expect. You'd like to think that this is the building blocks that Bradford was that first step. And now we've got to start, you know what I mean? Climbing that ladder. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I just hope that... You just don't know. I really don't. I just really don't. I just hope that the same drive, the same passion that I was calling for before the Bradford game is there again. Um, and coming up against a different side, like I said, that are a bit lower. So hopefully the standards don't drop and that we're still striving for that. And that's what I just want to see, another fighting performance where we're putting our bodies on the line and the players showing that they actually do care for the football club, which is, you know what I mean, which is a massive thing. Um, and if they do that and they put the effort in at the moment, for me, the result doesn't really matter because it's not going to benefit us this season. So 
but as long as the fight, the passion and the commitment is there, that's all I want to see tomorrow. It's a good point, isn't it, Gary? Uh, I think the, the term I used sort of disparagingly in our WhatsApp chat earlier this week is, was Bradford our Tim Pot Club end of season cup final? And we're going to go back to being shit again at the weekend. You know we're going to go there and lose 1-0, don't you? <laughs> Just know it. I, I agree. I think I, I don't see much start change in the starting lineup. I think we'll go there with a, pretty much the same team, and Austin possibly will start. But I think we'll probably concede a goal and we'll lose potentially one nil. I don't want it to happen, but it's a Swindon way. <laughs> it's that Swindon way, um, Ben. Uh, in terms of Wimbledon, uh, it's it's kind of already been described that they're, they're low down in the form table. Um, but there are a couple of uh, ex-players involved. What are you expecting from them? Uh, I don't know. You don't know if Wimbledon really are on shutdown now to the end of the season. Uh, you know, they've obviously been as bad as we have in recent weeks. Um, yeah, so it, you can't really judge what they're going to be after. I think what counts for us is there'll be a good away following which will be in full voice because London away days is what Swindon do quite well at, especially at the end of the season. Um, so I think we'll have good support. I think we'll have good crowd cheering us on. I think all you'll hear is the Swindon fans, whilst the Wimbledon fans are just going to be sat there at habit and waiting for the season to end. Um, so hopefully that has a positive effect for us and we have a go at the front foot, then I fancy a chance to come away with something. Okay, um, let's uh, let's move the conversation to walk before we get to the predictions. We'll come to the predictions at the end. Uh, let's talk about pre-match. And uh, I don't know if any of you have had the opportunity, but while I was setting up for tonight, I was listening to the Low Strangers episode on the press conference just to get some context behind some of the comments made. And the one that kind of blew up when, when I saw it and I stole the picture and I shared it and, again, sarcastically uh, put comments out from our from our Twitter was uh, this one where Jody Morris said, there are conversations that need to be going on, but they haven't started yet. For me, there are quite a few things that need to be discussed at the football club to see what we can do and what the budgets are. Yes, I don't know what resources we have um, going into the game, Ned, um, forget the, the wider context, because I'm sure we'll, we'll cover that in, in just a few minutes. Going into the game on the back of a positive result midweek, advisory board notes that whether it's corporate, you know, lip service or not, it, it looks good. It looks pretty. This isn't really what Swindon Town needed was to suddenly get all the fans' backs up again, was it? <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> not really at all. Um, and another the... situation where we just started fighting amongst ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't heard the press. I haven't heard the, 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 the comments and, you know, and whether, you know, we're reading into it a little bit more than it needs to be. I know it's in black and white there. The writing seems so, as if, oh, hang on. So we've been is it told Joe Acklam? Is it Joe Acklam? Kovar Joe. Um, Okay, <laughs> uh, he he was on Low Strangers um, and was asked, "Is it just the wording of this of this mm. reference?" Or and, and he said, "I wish it was, but those were the actual words used." Well, that's concerning, isn't it? Really, 
it's massively concerning. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, again, from the sponsors now, you picked up a bit of frustration that things aren't... Um, it's not just the football uh, that's not going the way that he thought it was going. Um, so that's that, that that that's that's really sort of damning that 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 statement there, isn't it? Really? Um, oh, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that. Well, we'll come on to that comment in 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 its uh, in itself in just a moment. Um, but yeah, it, it's the adverse effect it's had. You know, as I said, all the fans were. It's just starting to find a few shoots of recovery and a few positives and we could all be happy and, and it kind of backfired spectacularly, especially Woody, as it's just another case, it seems, where the, the left hand at the club doesn't know what the right hand's doing because mixed messaging and mixed signalling is coming out from all angles. Um, yeah, I think... Um, take it with a pinch of salt really i don't i mean what what does joe what does jody classify as resources is he on about what finances are available is he on about what scouting systems available um because obviously we still don't know what's happening with sandro so if sandro goes and they so say don't replace him he could be talking about resources that jody's saying i've got to go out and find my own players type thing you know so we don't i you know <clears throat> is it a budgetary thing i don't know um, I'm, I'd be a bit concerned if, for him, if he signed without really knowing what kind of backing he's going to have yeah. um, during the summer, I'd be very concerned um, because he knows that this this season, the end of this season, was just to try and get what he could out of it um, and then obviously push on for next season. So, um, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I don't, I don't. I str- I just struggle. I don't know why I just struggle with his pre-matches at the moment. They just seem to be full of. They seem to be just full up of cryptic clues, to be honest. And um, and sometimes I sit there and go, "Are you trying to dig out the club at something, or yeah. or what?" You know. So it's um yeah. He's like a bit. cryptic version of Scott Lindsay. They're always copy and paste the same quotes, but there's always a seems to be a hidden meaning behind what's being said. Um, Joe, one of the other things that I found interesting, but I think this might have actually been his post-match, um, and then he kind of repeated himself in the pre-match, was uh, when he was asked about building on um, the, the steps made from Barrow and, and from Bradford, was he said, there's been a lot of games where we've had moments and not got our just rewards, and, and Bradford was just the one where it finally clicked for us. He said, we've arguably played better in games and not got results. I don't know about you. And, and I again, I can only speak from my own perspective. I haven't really seen us play better. So it, it worries me if he seems to be watching something that I'm not. Uh, I think it's more to do with the quality of the opposition, to be honest. I don't think any team since Jody's been here, nobody's played us, apart from Mansfield, nobody's been better. Nobody's been has outplayed us. <laughs> <laughs> Jody needs to look at the roadmap that's <laughs> come through. <laughs> no, nah, nobody... I don't, there's no team bar Mansfield, I think, that have outplayed us since Jody's been here. And I think we have had chances in all of the... As bad as we've played, we've had chances in all those games to take points. And we haven't taken points because we've defended badly or we've missed chances or whatever. I will... 
you know, after the game on Tuesday, I thought everyone was sort of creaming their pants a bit about how well we played. If we'd lost one nil, everyone would have said we were awful. Yeah. So yeah. results do dictate how we feel about performances. Hundred percent. And yeah. you know, you, you sort of get downbeat and you lose three or four games in a row and you think you're terrible, but we're perhaps not playing as bad as we think we are because we're in a bad run of form. Oh, we are. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly that's exactly the same as the roadmap, isn't it? As those bloody circle, bloody Christmas ball ball things that were up earlier. You know, it's the same as that. You know, if we're if we're getting promotion, if we're looking at promotion earlier on in the se- mid season, all of a sudden everything else looks really rosy. You know, we said the same about the women's, you know, kind of attendance. Like if if there wasn't such an ill feeling around the club of the attendance, the attendance would have been better uh, at Foundation Park and at the Counts Ground. So yeah. it's um it's yeah, it's driven by those fundamental things. Yeah, I just, results. I just, results. I just walked walked out, walked away from that on Tuesday, thinking if we hadn't have won, would everyone be saying we played well? I'm not sure we would. I think the result, the result often dictates how you think you've played. Um, so I do think we've we've perhaps all of us, probably myself included, have probably been guilty of that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying we've played well. Don't get me wrong. I'm you know I'm not happy with the way we're playing, but. The general feeling that, that the results give you um, does dictate how you feel you're playing, how your team you feel your team are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Tomlinson uh, remained the, the main sort of talking point in terms of injuries. There's a a, a reasonable chance that McEachern's going to be fit again to return. Um, they added FBT back to the 50-50 list, but you imagine he's going to be fit to play as well. Um, so, so in essence, I'm not expecting anything new in terms of injuries. So, do you think that helps? Because uh, you know, we had a few comments. I think Woody was one of them. Was mentioned about balance side and partnerships and consistency. So that should help. I think the main thing is to keep that back four as it is. We are so much better when Fraser Blake Tracy is playing left back. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I don't want to ever see him in centre centre back again. Keep him on keep him on the left. Let's have two decent centre halves, um, and you've got to build. You know, you 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 build your team from a good defence. Um, so, if, as long as that doesn't change, um, you can tinker with the midfield. You can tinker with the forwards, and and try and get the best tune out of it. Um, so to me, that's the, that's the major thing is that uh, we play that back four and we forget about three at the back because we're just terrible at that. So do that and uh, yeah, we'll be okay. Okay, well, I know we all want to have our say on the you know, we want to look deeper into the, the quotes Scott everyone talking. So let's go and get our predictions for Wimbledon first. Uh, was there, I'll start with you. Uh-huh. Um. I think we'll draw tomorrow. Uh, one all. One all draw for Wazza. Uh, again, fire your predictions through in the live chat as well, please, Nick. 2 0 town. 2 0 to town. Love that, Gary. Uh, it could be anything with this wind inside. Well, um, that's kind of the point in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go with a 2 1 win. 2-1 win. Uh, Hank is going 2-0 to Wimbledon. 
Uh, our own Mark is also saying a Wimbledon wing 2-1, Woody. I don't want to do this to the lads that are going, but I said at the I said a few weeks ago that I think if it's a game that's both teams haven't really got to play for something, we'll lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, but no, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I think we might lose 2-1. Okay. Sean's gone for a 2-1 win. Uh, Joe? Yeah, Woody's right. It's... If we apply ourselves like we did on Tuesday, I think we'll win. But if we relax thinking it's only Wimbledon, they're below us, they've got nothing to play for, we'll get turned over. So, But I said earlier, goal for Davis and the see me, and we'll win 3-2. <laughs> uh, ben? 3-0 uh, Sweden. I think there'll be a, the steady improvement will carry on. I think we'll, start won a game, ben, no, I think we'll score first and then the Wimbledon fans get a bit toxic. <laughs> Sorry? Ben, you missed that. Joe said you could tell Swindon won a game. Positive Ben's back. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> but no, no, I, I generally think their fans will start turning against them. Um, I think their run's been long and turgid and they've not been done anything against them. You ma- imagine if it was us and we went 1-0 down. We'd be all... We don't have to imagine it, Ben. We've seen it plenty. Yeah, we, we, we've seen it. And Ben, we start our fans yeah, start booing when 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 we're at nil nil four minutes in and passing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start on the front foot against Bradford, and I think we'll start on the front foot again. I think there's, there's been steady improvement. I think we see shades of the high press that uh, was promised to us when um, Morris first joined, and I think we're um, in for his best performance. I think we're going to do quite well. And I okay. think uh, I'm going for 3 0 win, which ultimately means we're probably going to get dicked. But excellent. Uh, Tranmere version two, uh, hopefully not uh, said in the chat. Uh, Ned, your prediction, please, sir. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure DJ's not playing because um, I remember someone saying that uh, on, you know, I was reading some of the comments from Wimbledon fans and they <laughs> said about they was playing really well until DJ got out injured. And there was, I just had a look at the, you know, the preview on the Wimbledon page, and it didn't mention anything about DJ. So I don't think, I don't think he's fit to play, which is great. Um, but you know, you can't help but think that Davison is, he's got a massive point to prove. So um, I kind of get the feeling that it's going to be a two-two draw, um, and I think Davison will score both for Wimbledon, and I think McEachran's going to score his first goal. And Tyree Shade off the bench. <laughs> Tyree Shade? What's a Tyree Shade? <laughs> a lot of people slagged off Davison last year, but he is a handful. I, didn't, I fucking a, I mean, love I, like, I would have had him this season all day long. 100%. Um, especially when you think what we what we actually signed in the summer. If we, if we lose if we lose tomorrow, I want Davidson to score the winner. That's the only way I want us to lose. Yeah. Is but he, he is... He is he is a handful and he is big, physical, and Clayton and Brute are going to have the workout tomorrow with him. Mm. And um, the rest of their players, they're all blooming six foot something, yeah. aren't they? Uh, so. Fife, will you be at Wimbledon tomorrow? Sadly not, no. I I'm, uh, I think I'm possibly done for the season. I am p- putting a sneaky little thing in the calendar to hopefully get down for Crawley on the bank holiday Monday. Uh, but if, if it's not Crawley, then I am done for the year, unfortunately. Um, but uh, no, I certainly won't be at Wimbledon as I need to prep because I've got a very busy and important weekend next weekend. Um, (laughs) 
Yes, because I was reading the. You didn't so say. you're all laughing now at something that no one else watching <laughs> can understand. So, yes, I because I was asking the question, I did just ask myself if I was going to the game. Yes. Ha 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 ha. Um, before the final topic, then lads, let, let's come back to the, the point about Jody Morris because it did get a lot of traction online and. Different ones of us uh, took different approaches. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. You think there's absolutely nothing wrong with Jody Morris not knowing what's going on? Uh, <laughs> look, I think that he's playing a being diverse, div divisive. I think he, um, I think he has sat down with Clem at some point, and he has got a, some sort of an idea what the budget's going to be. I think, he, I think that's impossible that he doesn't do, because if he didn't do, he would have known by now anyway by calling a meeting with Clem, going, Clem, how much money have I got this summer? <laughs> he he's just going to it's he, he does he he, ha, he has got some sort of an idea he's being divisive because he wants more done so, so he so he's outwardly putting out he's using the press conferences to his advantage he's just so to clarify you're saying that he's lying to the press to force yeah. his agenda yes uh, richard wellens did it every week i think uh, richard wellens lied through his teeth constantly and um and, and he constantly remember he constantly would back lee power as well publicly because he knew that lee power wanted him to do, do things for him so yeah yeah they they lie constantly managers okay. to get their own way and um i think he's using the press to get what he wants i i just think on the on the joe on the assumption yeah. that ben is correct are you happy being lied to by your manager I think every football manager in the country does the same, Fifi. They all say what the fans want to hear. There's no way in this world... Is that what the fans wanted to hear? Because it didn't get a very good reaction. There's no, there's not a way that Jody Morris doesn't... He might not know exactly what his budget's going to be, but he's going to have a rough idea of what yeah. his budget's going to be. And if he, he hasn't, wouldn't. then he's a fucking idiot, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> he's not um, a moron. Because he should, be, he, he should have been thinking of that a month ago when we couldn't get in the playoffs. That should be. They should have been thinking of next season straight away. Not fucking now, which makes me think we're not resigning anyone in May, like we said earlier. Um, but no, I, I, I yeah, I get what Ben says. Managers, managers do like to uh, manipulate the press. I'd say not necessarily manipulate a fine word. Manipulate the, pro manipulate the press. Yeah, uh, Ned, we you kind of already got to to have your say on the quote directly, but you can understand the concerns of fans that that if you know we have to take his word as as truth of what's going on or at least a version of the truth and it would appear the club are not doing as they promised mere days previously lessons are not being learned because they're not actively talking to our own players at least never mind uh starting to to look ahead to transfer targets i forgot what you started saying if i'm completely honest with you. i sort of <laughs> after a while that was the longest question stroke statement i've heard in a long time <laughs> right so um so just... Should fans be worried if we're not talking to our own out-of-contract players in April? Well, we must be. I mean, if we're not... Jody's saying we're not. 100% we should be worried. There should be some form of talks going on, setting some expectations for next year um, by now. 110%. But the manager's not going to say, ah, oh, I've had a word with Adloy. He's, he's fucking off next year. He's not going to... No manager's going to say that in a post-match interview, is he? Let's be honest. Let's be perfect. Or, or pre-match interview. No, but no surely you say... would say if you... When the question's asked, you would just say the player's out of contract, we have started discussions. Well, you don't have to say that. If, do you, 
you, you know, saying that we haven't. It's not is, is Jim Carrey in Blooming Liar Liar, is it? It's not like he has to tell the truth constantly. Um, it, you know, it's. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think what Ben. What's said he is, gaining from lying? Or from from manipulating or mistelling the truth or misrepresenting what's actually right. happened. What's he gaining? So, right, I will tell you right now that if if he says, "Oh, you know, next season's budget is massive and we should be getting promoted," and it, the it, the players that he brings in don't deliver, he's just signed his own death warrant, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He he needs to be aloof at he's best. Taking pressure off himself. Exactly. You know, you don't. You know, it's it's taking the pressure off the players. Yeah, no, I get that. But, you know, taking the pressure off Rob Angus, taking the pressure off, I mean, the Swindon Town, um, you know, uh, staff, shall we say, have taken an absolute battering in recent weeks and probably months. You know, and let's be honest, it's probably, you know, due, if we're, com- if we're completely honest with ourselves. But he's not going to put us out in, in, put himself and others in that position of being open and honest at that point. There's absolutely... No way on this planet. And also as well, don't, you know, if he hasn't had those conversations with the players, you know, if there's other factors that are involved, for for example, you know, Clem may have promised um, to put in extra money uh, if Austin stays or something along those lines, you know, that's, that's, an, that's a very crucial bit of information to know whether he needs to strengthen more up front or whether, you know, He's not going to know at this exact point in time exactly what his budget is for next year. He, as Woody said, he or and, and Joe said, he'll have an idea, but he won't know what his exact budget is until, you know, X, Y, and Z has been answered. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, no, I get that. On yeah. the on the point you made just a second ago, though, what you're saying about um, not you know, putting himself out there to be shot at if something goes wrong by saying, "Oh, we've spoken to X, Y, Z; they're going to sign up." Do you feel that in a time, as the point that I flashed up earlier, that the club are really trying to force home this, you need to buy season tickets, you need to do this for the budget. If it's all about the wording, which is more likely to follow the, the corporate message of selling, we, we have opened discussions or we're not talking to anybody? Um, Opening discussions doesn't say they're going to sign. It means we're talking to people. The, what he's actually said is we're not talking to anybody. I think it's more that as like, I don't want to answer questions right now on contracts. So I'm just going to say we're not talking to anyone. Two weeks ago, Bruett said that he's in talks with Swindon and to watch this space about a contract extension. So again, the left hand doesn't know what right hand's doing. Yeah, so and and the, well, no, he knows, and 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 also in the very same interview because he spoke about it in that interview. In the very same interview, he also says there's a very good chance that Wardy's going to be, or there's a good chance that Wardy's going to be a Swindon Town player next season. That means they've had a conversation with Wardy at some point. Going, do you fancy it? Um, uh, so that that that's that's kind of so he's talk. deliberately misleading what's going on then. Yeah, I think I think he's going. Look, I'm not. I don't want to talk about transfer contracts right but that's not what he's saying he's not saying i don't want to talk about it he's saying this isn't happening no but because he could say he could easily say i don't want to talk about it that's fine but what he's actually saying is it's not happening well it's it kind of has so (laughs) because we know because brewitt said that himself he he, brewitt said himself that he's in talks so so you've got so so to clarify you've got rob angus saying this has happened you've Mm. got jody morris saying this hasn't happened 
You've got Tom Brewitt saying this has happened. You've got Jody Morris saying this hasn't happened. So either Jody Morris is completely clueless to what is going on around him. He's not clueless. Or he is outright misleading the fans on what's going on at our club. It just sounds like it is classic Swindon Town, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit classic Swindon. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Fifey, that I, why Morris couldn't just say, I'm still concentrating on the games ahead. We're not talking about anything like this. And, and no, just his, his title is head coach. You know what I mean? It, how many times have we seen it at the moment where it looks like these man or these head coaches that we bring in don't really have much of a say on who comes through the door? You know, also, I, mean? I genuinely, I genuinely have more respect if he just turned around and said, "It's not my job." Ask Sandro. Yeah, he could have literally said that. That's not my, that's not my domain. Because as a head coach, you don't really have that massive say about who comes through the door. It's normally down to the, yeah. the director of the football and the powers above that decide what who's coming through the door. We saw it with Lindsay. He didn't really have much of a say of what come through. He was just asked to work with what he had. Um, let, let's also not forget on that point, no one's actually, no one seems to actually outright ask the question. You've got 50% of the fans believe Sandra got sacked weeks ago and he's not been in the building. The other 50% are waiting for an official statement. Jody's not mentioned him. Rob, Rob Angus won't talk about him. Clem's not around. No one knows what's going on. Yeah. And that's why the club looks like it's an absolute basket case yeah, when it comes to planning again. The, the easier comment would have just been no comment. <laughs> like, yeah, it would have just been the easier thing to say would have just been, I'm not discussing these things. This is not, not something we need to do at the moment. Um, we just need to concentrate on getting through the rest of the season and uh, getting back into some sort of form. Um, but yeah, it, it does just look shit from the club when people are saying different things. It, and you can understand why the fans get concerned because you want them all singing off the same hymn sheet. And it's if they're not doing that at the moment and we're not even into transfers, it, it just looks like you know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You hear all the whispers. We're going to lose two or three key players this that have been playing well for us the second half of this season. You know what I mean? I, unfortunately, I, I think it's already done and dusted and as awful as it sounds, it looks like Johnny Williams is gone yeah, and he will be gone, it, which is such a shame. You know what I mean? Um, it, I, I can't personally see Charlie still being here. That's just for financial dictations. And we've had this conversation. And yeah, there's a group before. of fans that have you believe he's already signed a contract. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I just, you just when you look at it from that, I just can't see how it's going to happen. So the club are already putting themselves on this back foot when we're saying about getting signings in the door when two players that are loved by the fans look like that they're leaving the door already. Do you know what I mean? So, and when they're not singing from the same sheet, it just looks massively concerning. It just massively amateur again. You know what I mean? From, from this football club. And it is just such a shame, but we, do we trust the model? <laughs> no is the answer, but. Um, I, I think it's Jody Morris, and, and he seems to do this quite a lot with his, um, how can I put it, um, cryptic messages to the club. Get a move on. Let's get the house in order and, 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 and let's move forward where we need to go. Um, with regards to things like budgets and the like, really, that's to a degree, nothing to do with Morris. He should be going to them and saying, these are the players I want. These are the players I want targeted. 
And then, then they can have the discussion of saying, yeah, we can go for A, B and C, but D and E are way out of what, we, what we're prepared to pay. And, and then they have that discussion around it. Um, so so the, the budget thing to me from a coach is irrelevant. Um, we're never going to say, we, we say we got a competitive budget, but that doesn't mean anything. Nope. Um, as long as it's spent wisely, um, look at teams like, well, let's give Chelsea an example. What have they spent? 600 million and they're absolutely dog shit. So it's how you spend your money. It's not it necessarily how much you've got. Yeah, so that's, better. that's what Morris needs to be telling the club. These are the players I want. These are the players we want to keep. These are the players that we want to move on. And I think he's saying to the club, we need to start doing this now yep. and then we'll be in a strong, strong position to move forward. Um, you- again, just, just on that, I was reading Danny Williams' book and, and in that he said he didn't get involved in any of that. He doesn't know. He didn't know how much his players were being paid. He said it was nothing to do with him. Um, that was down to the club and the club that negotiated with the agents on bringing players in. So it should be the same with Morris, that he just needs to identify players, yep. tell the club that that's what he wants and do all we can to get those in or have reasons why we can't get them in. Simple just as that. To, just to clarify why I think he should know or, or should have an idea of what's going on, OK? This is all about planning for the club. Okay. Now he doesn't need to know how much X, Y, or Z is earning and stuff. He doesn't need to know what the transfer fee is potentially being paid. He doesn't need to know what the agent fee is being paid. But this is all about planning. The club will know, and I imagine. Obviously, I've never worked for a professional football club. Professional football club. But they will have an idea six to nine to twelve months in advance of what they're expecting for the following year. I would expect. Okay, because they're a business, and business is forecast. Okay, so there's no way that the higher ups don't say in situation A, we will be doing this in situation B, we will be doing this. And if situation C happens, we'll be doing this. Now, at the same point, the head coach doesn't have to be involved in transfer negotiations. We'll be saying, okay, if we're working to situation A, I will be working with a group of players that look something like this. So I need to plan accordingly. If we're working to situation C, I will have a group of players that look something like this. I need to plan accordingly because that is a different group of players with a different remit, different targets. As the head coach, he needs to plan for that scenario. So that's why I'm saying he will know the budget in terms of the playing budget so he can plan accordingly for the squad that he's expecting to have. And that's my point on on the head coach understanding the budget and resources. He doesn't need to know the, the fundamental numbers he needs to understand the scenario that he's expecting to be working in. And if the situation, if he's come in and said, we're expecting to do this, and at the end of the season they say, oh, well, you know, season tickets have dropped off. We didn't we didn't do cup runs. We didn't do this. So you're actually working to this scenario. At least he knows what he's planning for. If he has no idea, he can't plan to do his job effectively. And that's, that's my interpretation of it. Gary? I just want to support a football club that doesn't feel like it's a basket case. Yeah, <laughs> every season, from one season to the next, something goes wrong. Something's not right. Whether it be the owner, the manager, some technical director, we always have a gripe and a problem somewhere. Can we not just get our back house and our front of a house all sorted out and have a season where everyone is saying the same goddamn thing? 
Fair enough. Would he? Um, I've uh, yeah, sorry, I couldn't press the button. Um, I've kind of lost track of the conversation to be totally honest. Um, Do you think Jody Woody? Morris should know what his budget and resource is are for the coming season, or at least an idea by now? Well, it brings you back to the re what I think he means by resource. I think he means what resources are available from his recruitment department. Um, I think, I think that is, I think there's a hidden message there that he's saying, I don't know who's doing the recruiting um and who's doing the negotiating should he know the budgets not really if he's a head coach his role is to coach the team that he's given but yes he can feed back to his recruitment team to say you want me to play on a certain style i want a winger that can do this i want a midfielder that can do this um so yeah but i don't think if you go into football as a head coach rather than a manager you're not really interested in kind of messing around with spreadsheet budgets and stuff like that you just you're just told what to work with and if it's not working you tell them why it's not working and then they try and go out so i think i still as i said earlier on in the episode i i think the resources i think is kind of more of a hidden message to say um i want to know what's going on and who is going to be working with me um next season this season uh, one final thing from us this evening, and uh, and it's a, a sort of here's to you, the the viewers and the, and the listeners of Full Rush In. Uh, obviously, we're approaching the end of the season, which means that discussions are ongoing in our WhatsApp group about what we'd like to do post season and leading into pre season. Different content. Obviously, there'll be various quiz episodes and and such like to look forward to over the coming weeks. But as always, we throw it open to you. If there is anything you would like us to, to attempt or if there's anything we've done before that you'd like us to, to do again, please, you know, dro drop us messages on our various social medias to, to let us know what you would like to see over the post and pre-season as box. we build up to the next campaign. And no, we are not doing Jackbox Live again. It is not <laughs> happening. We already have something. Um, we already have a few things being discussed and planned, and but, you know there are many weeks to fill between May and July. So uh, please, if you have any suggestions, ideas, etc., do <coughs> let us know, and we will try and get through as many as we can. Um, we also have um, something of a giveaway to to announce. Uh, we have a, I oh, know, and, and look at the faces. Half the guys don't even Saucy. know we're doing it. Who paid for that? <laughs> well, we did, technically. <laughs> um, we we have a uh, a ticket, just, just one, unfortunately. We're not one of these high-spending ventures that could give many away, but we have a ticket available for the Crawley home game that we would like to give away to a Swindon Town fan. Um, there's no, you know, questions or quizzes. We'd just like you to recommend someone who's maybe deserving of a ticket for one reason or another. Perhaps they've improved your match day experience somehow, or they don't normally get to go to games, and suddenly they they could possibly go to one. And you never know; it might be located next to one of the uh, the favourite Fools Rush in regular panelists as well. Um, so, um, off, again, I eh? Don't put them off. I said the favourites, so it's clearly not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we, we do have is that in corporate then? 
<laughs> Certainly not in corporate, so you're not sitting next Makes to us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay. laughs> but yes, we do have a ticket to give away. Um, if there is anyone you would like to put forward for that ticket, please let us know by... Um, what's the bank holiday? Oh, we've got two weeks, yeah, haven't we? Let us know by next Thursday, and then we've got a week to contact whoever gets drawn at random for it. Um, get in touch on our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. Recommend and, and let us know why. We'll put the names in a random generator or a hat or some description, and we will pull out a winner for said ticket for the last home game of this season, the last game anywhere of this season, uh, yes. Corley, where you will be located uh, next to one of our favourite Fools panellists. Um, I think that is it. Uh, next to a Fools panellist, no-brainer. Give it to Matt Walker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ben Sharp. I'll give it to, uh, what's his name? Oh, Football Phil. Yeah. Football Phil. <laughs> about Three Minute Bob? Three, three minute. minute Bob, yeah. If you it want to recommend Three Minute Bob. The, uh, the warm-up. <laughs> Um, and uh, do you know what? I'm seeing comments about uh, Cadiz getting the Hereford job. Obviously, we all wish him the very best of luck. Some people saying it's the first step before he takes over from Morris anyway. I'm not so sure. Um, I suppose we'll, we'll only see when time comes. But obviously, we all wish Cadiz the very, very best of luck. Uh, gents, is, does anyone want to throw anything else out there before we finish for the evening? If it's next to me, can I uh, give it to one of the 69 girls? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. You never know. If the 69 girls want to be recommended by anyone, they can uh, They can certainly be put in the hat as well. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that brings tonight's episode to a conclusion. If you are going to Wimbledon tomorrow, safe trip. Uh, and, you know, again, please try and continue this amazing unbeaten run we're on now. The points are coming home to Wiltshire um, and we will see you again on Monday evening to review everything that goes on. But for me, was a Nick, Joe, Woody, Gary, Ben and Ned. Thank you very much for joining us this evening and we will see you on Monday. Jackpot! Can't help falling in love